Welcome to episode 20 of the MX Vice Show, presented by 24MX, Europe's largest e-commerce store and your one-stop shop for all things motocross. First of all, thanks to all our sponsors, Talon Wheels, X-Trig Triple Clamps, Liat, 20 Titanium Foot Pegs, Recluse Clutches, Atlas Braces for all their continued support. I'm James Burfield and alongside me is MX Vice Editor Lewis Phillips. Hello. And in the studio as always is Rob from uh, Jukebox Beats. So Lewis, what a wet weekend. Another one. Yep. Is that As third nations in a row? Yep. It was my one wish for it to be dry. And it was the wettest one yet, I'd say. Yeah. Um, it was bad. I mean, it didn't stop raining for, what, 24 hours? No, I don't think so. It just continued to rain and rain and rain. But I've got to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of negativity about, you know, ass in the track and uh, blah, 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 blah. But it wouldn't have ran anywhere else. That, the amount of rain which came down, if that was Ernay next year, next year, do you agree? I don't know if I'd go that far. No? No, it's rare for, like, think about Bell Peak 2008. Yeah. I can't imagine it would have got that wet. Really? Because I don't, it was, it rained nonstop. It wasn't like, it was really ridiculously heavy. Do you not think? There were certain times where it was ridiculously heavy. Oh, like, I, I thought over, it was really bad. I feel like there was a lot of, well, I guess it was because you couldn't really stand in it, could you? No. So I guess that does mean it was heavy because if it was just, yeah. showery, you'd stand in it and put up with it. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. But I just think, I can't imagine it would have turned a track into Bell Peak 2008. So, um, looking forward to Ernay next year, if that same sort of weather we had, do you think that, that would run? Yeah. Really? I can't imagine. I, I was actually thinking on Sunday morning, obviously cancelling the nations yeah. would be Ustream, the promoter, for all involved, it would be the worst possible. It would be a disaster. 
Because it's not like a GP where, well, there's always next week. Like, yeah, it's a one-off. You've got teams from wherever, Croatia. Not Croatia. Croatia isn't a good example. Um, <laughs> Australia. Well, <laughs> you've got a poor Croatian team that come all this way. <laughs> well, look, look at the US. We, we, we found out from your interview the, uh, uh, the weekend that the US has spent 300000 yeah, in. so that would be a nightmare. Then the promoters obviously put a lot in. There's a lot of people who bought tickets. MXGP TV sales would have gone up. Ustream have laid on whatever to be there. Like, so I was, I was thinking to myself, I wonder what it would take if they were to cancel it. And I honestly don't know. Because if you look at Bell P 2008, they cancelled that after the first moto. That was insane. And that was only a GP. Right. So I would, I would almost imagine that if that Bell P 2008 was a Nations, they would have run it all. Okay, so there we go. But then I don't know, because I still think that's probably the wettest race I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Alongside, um, where was it? The end of 2003, the World Supercross round in Holland. Remember it? Nope. Oh, Seville, I think it was called. I think Daryl Hurley won it. Jesus, you need to get out Did Daryl Hurley win it? I think, think Daryl Hurley won it. Do you do anything else? <laughs> that was my first, that was the first time I ever like, went to, I might be wrong to be honest, that's because my memory's a bit sketchy on that one. I think Daryl Hurley won it, Seville. I think it was called Seville. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right, um, but yeah, that, that and uh, Bell Peak 2008 are the wettest races I've ever seen in my life. Assen doesn't, that isn't that extreme in my mind. Wasn't so, that extreme in my mind. I think a lot of people called Netherlands to win and they weren't wrong. Pretty dominant. Well, some, there was one person who tweeted the Belgium were going to win. <laughs> Don't know that guy was. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think that guy mistyped. <laughs> wow. But yeah, they pretty dominant performance, hey? Yeah, it was what we expected. It was actually one of the least... Um, Can you stop drinking a monster? Once I start, I can't stop. Okay. It was actually one of the least dramatic nations in a while, because obviously Redbud was quite like, up in the air as to who was going to win. Matterly was. Uh, Majora, that was decided on the last lap. Erne was close, because it was only four points in it at the end or whatever, whereas this time it was kind of clear. I think the Netherlands were leading by 11 points after the first moto, so yeah, like you know at that point, and they still had cold enough coming up who obviously is suddenly now a phenomenal talent. So yeah. opportunist, I think we like to call him. Well, sorry, <laughs> I think I might, we, you like to call I think him I might opportunist. Have to, I think I might have to fall on my sword at some point. <laughs> really? Because yeah. <laughs> um, he's, he's definitely grabbed that opportunity with both hands now. Yeah, and I don't know if, I can, I don't know if I'd put this down as opportunist. But then would you put this down as opportunist? No, I think, I think you're right in falling on your sword. So. I don't know. The Nations is quite an opportunist event. Okay, if you want to carry on, I'll just keep adding fuel to the fire. So what would you like to talk about on this show? <laughs> For nations, preferably. <laughs> okay, we're doing that just yep. fine. Okay, um, if you, you clearly Standout don't... performances? Oh, we're straight in with that. I've got three. Okay. I'm going to let you go first, because I want to see if you've got any of mine. Mm, I'll let you go first. Okay, number one. Put your monster down. Number yep. one, in a big way. Yeah. Regan Duffy. Yeah, wow. 17, the MXD champion. It's not even, a, not even a class with a number in it. Yep. MXD is the under-19 championship in Australia. They've got like an MX1, MX2, and an MXD. I don't actually know what a D stands for. Dave. You'd, you'd think it'd be MXU if it was under-19. But um, yeah. Okay. So he's winning the 250 all year. Jumped on a 450 and was phenomenal. Uh, I'd imagine his phone is ringing like crazy right now. Kyle Webster. Yep. Another Australian. Like, unbelievable. I think he was third in the qualifying race, MX2 qualifying race. Considering these guys basically have no idea what Assen is. Yeah, they've, they've come yeah. in strictly at the deep end. And I don't think they were over-prepping that much beforehand either. Well, um, Actually, I think I saw, I think they flew over, they left Australia on Tuesday. So they've literally just come into it. Because in... I think I remember scrolling through Instagram and being like, uh, <laughs> this seems like a bad idea. But obviously, like, those two 
I think when I look back on the nation, this nations in three years' time, those two will stand out in my mind. This is interesting. Mm. I said I had three, so let me just come up with a third quickly. Okay. I think I would go Kevin Strybos. Really? Uh, I think so. Okay. How come? Or, oh, no, no, sorry, I did have another one. My third one is Simon Langenfelder. Yeah, um, what was he up to? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, see, I did see his name pop up and was like, where the hell's he come from? Like, Germany already had a C team because they didn't have Nagel and Roxon initially. Then they lost Jacoby, and then Simon uh, made it into a D team, but somehow performed phenomenally. I think, he, oh, what, I think he was doing EMX 125 this year or something. I don't know. But either way, like, I never expected him to be as good as he was, especially like, from the drop of the gate in practice as well. So it was, it was, I don't know what it was because normally you don't really, you normally get some like, unknowns standing out of the nations, but we seem to have like, crazy unknowns. Well, I've got one for you. I agree with you with the t- first two, um, the Australians you mentioned, you know, phenomenal ride, especially when they, they came in with um, little to no preparation. But I've got one for you, and you probably never would have thought about this guy. Old hack on Fredrickson. Mother flipper. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we know about this kid? This kid is currently in EMX 250. He's 16 years old, and he literally, 16 years old, and got on a 450, and posted ninth. 16 years old. Posted ninth in what? The first race. Oh. MXGP, MX2. Ninth position. 16 years old, on a 450. First time on a 450. Norwegian. And let's just put that into, like, 16 years old, 450, in the motocross nations, and posted ninth. So he was in front of, obviously, Vlanderen, who's on a 250, you know, uh, Hoffer, Leoc, Husland, Ferris, Benson, um, Jason Anderson, Guillo, Orgmo. Wait, when was he ahead of Jason Anderson? I, I, I don't know what... What results are you looking at? Race one. Yeah, Anderson crashed on first lap, come on. Uh, still in front of him. Okay, but come on, let's... Let's Kyle, Kyle, Web, Kyle Webster, Adam Sterry, Justin Cooper. Okay, you, you, you stop now because you're reading off name. <laughs> you're reading off people who like I, I'm, crashed I, and. No, no, no. I'm just saying the kid finished ninth, 16 years old. Hey, do you want to like? No, I, I, you... I'm. I'm just. I don't know of many 16 year olds that's come into nations okay. for the first time on a 450. Like, I, I get you. The two Australians. Normally, when you see someone this excited about a 16 year old, it faces all kinds of red flags. <laughs> That don't throw me in the same <laughs> in the same circles as what you run in. <laughs> no, it's that kid's got potential for the future. It's weird though, because I swear all up and coming European riders now are coming from they're not coming from Belgium and Holland and France and Spain and Portugal. They're coming from Czech and Norway, Latvia and like all the random countries on that side, like yeah. Scandinavia ish. Yeah, there's some there's some great you know, great talent coming through. Was it the 85 guy who got the award the weekend? Oh, I don't know his name. Exactly. I was, so, too, busy, I was too busy staring at my award. Okay. Yeah. Our award, sorry. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh slip of the tongue. I did that on purpose. <laughs> so stand out then. You're, you're saying it to Australians, I'm saying in Norwegian. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I'm agree. saying Simon. Simon's actually doing Red Bull straight rhythm this weekend as well. Really? Yeah. That's nice for Simon. Yeah. Go Simon. Simon's a bit of an odd name for a motocross rider, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess there's not many, too many Simons no, out there. It's like Lewis. I've always thought to myself, we don't, we're not really well represented. Yeah. So what do you know about Simon? Just told you everything I know. He's doing Red Bull straight rhythm and he's German. Great. And I'm pretty sure he did EMX 125 this year. Fantastic. So can we go back? Let's go back. To Friday. Right, Friday. Um, so there was a lot of hate about the track. Right. 
I don't know why, but for some reason, I am now being targeted by these people. I'm not surprised. I don't know what, I genuinely don't know what I've done, but for some reason, the people who now hate man-made tracks hate me. Wow. I don't even know what I said. I don't know, you must have said something, but I love it. But somehow they think I'm now, like, building these tracks, like I'm out there in a little bobcat doing my thing. To be honest, I didn't want to tell anybody, but um, uh, Lewis is uh, actually involved in a committee for these tracks, and he's been pushing this all the way. It's like people think that you've streamed when everyone was sat in a room going, let's run the 2019 Nations at, um, let's run the 2019 Nations at Majora. And then I ran in and went, guys, 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 I've got an amazing idea. <laughs> we need to go to Asset. Like, it wasn't that at all. But yeah. basically, so they made, they made track changes, a yeah. lot of them. Uh, Nations tracks got to be longer, but as per the rules. They, I think normally for a GP, they bring in 27 cubic meters, no, 27,000 <laughs> cubic meters of sand. 27 wouldn't get you very far. Um, <laughs> In, uh, you know, bring in 27,000 cubic meters of sand for an Assen GP. Yeah. Uh, they brought in 35,000 for the Nations. So they had more to work with, hence the extra track length. Uh, the track was completely different, didn't resemble the old one at all, aside from maybe the start, but even that wasn't really the same at all. Mm -hmm. And they changed it all, and I was very impressed. It looked like a much, much better track. It looked like more of a motocross track. I, I just looked at it, and instead of going, this is different, I looked at it and went... Oh, that looks quite nice. Oh, the haters going to hate whoa, 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 more. Whoa, no, I'm not saying... I'm just saying it was a better track than what it was before because it looks like... And that was backed up by the riders because a couple of riders, A, said it looks better before they got on it. And then once they got on it in practice, which was obviously dry, they said it flowed better than before and was safer because of that. I can't remember if I did this in one of my interviews or not, but Sewer basically said before it was really slow and stop-start. So like you go in a corner, bury into a hole, stop, bury into another... like. It was very like that. Whereas uh, this weekend, it was faster and flowed more, and he felt like it was safer. Okay. So then being the um, top shit stirrer that I am, I yep. said to him, how does that make sense? Because if it's faster, surely the risk is higher of cartwheeling into concrete. Whereas if it's slower, you're kind of not really putting yourself at that risk. And he said that he didn't really understand that either. <laughs> <laughs> we watched a video, actually. We watched some Monster Energy video, didn't we? And there were some sketchy moments from him. But yeah, the riders, the riders said it was much improved and it had been designed in a way that was safer, flowed better, made for better racing and not even racing, just riding. This so that's is good. not what people want to hear. They want to hear it's a shit track, shit venue, bring back natural okay. tracks. Okay. 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 okay? This is why you've got no fans. Um, this is why everybody's against you. Shout out to the Australian fans who messaged us on Instagram and said they liked the podcast and they were over from Australia and they wanted us to sign their inflatable kangaroo. I didn't actually do it, but it's still the highlight of my life. Wow. Um, I don't believe you, but... Um, well, you can check MX Voice messages. Yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, what my point is, is it was a better track, and I think it would have been quite a good track for the nations. Okay, I'll take that back. It would have been quite a good track had it not rained. So and it would have definitely been an improvement on what we had before. Yeah, I think uh, the, the weather really kind of plays, plays both parts. It makes it a little bit more... You know, puts way more variables in there, but you do, you don't get the the close racing apart from um, when Hurlians was tracking down Geyser and he got him at the end. Okay, but there's a no, but you're so you're saying that's the track's fault. No, no, I said the weather. Oh, okay, no, not the track's fault. I'm saying that it's a, it's a real shame because the way that it was set up was actually for some good racing. But the reason the reason why there was stuff like that is because um, Hurlians wasn't exactly pumped because they flattened the track before every race yeah because they had to because of the weather they yeah. didn't really have a choice and that's why in the first moto it took him so long to get going because he was just like how how am i meant to show my skills on a flat sand track and then as it got more technical and small lines started to form 
he then managed to go six seconds a lap faster than anyone or something stupid. He said that basically the track prep and the weather ruined his chances of going 1-1, along with his starts. But yeah, so the track being flattened so much kind of didn't help the racing. But then they had to do that because of the weather. And what are you going to do? Yeah. And you know what? You can say all you like. Oh, why are we running the nations on the last weekend in September? It's obviously going to rain. We were in Holland all week and it didn't rain once. We were also in Holland on Monday and it didn't rain and it was quite sunny and warm. It just is bad luck. And to be fair, in a way, we're kind of due bad luck because 2016, 2015, 2014, 2013, 2012, 2011, 2010, okay, it's America, doesn't really count, but 2009, 2008, Donington was a bit wet, but it wasn't a mudder, it just sprinkled at points, but we got off so lucky with weather of the nations for so many years Yeah, that we can't really complain. And it was always on a similar date. It was always the second half of September. Be nice for a dry one next year, though. I think we're due a dry one. Well, though. I think Ernay's got better hope, better chance in it because it's kind of south of Europe. A little bit more, yeah. Yeah, like compared to Aston, anyway. Yeah. We're almost at the North Pole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's not, let's not mix you and geography up. Um, but yeah, so that's my... Uh, I say this about the GPs, and I'm going to say it again about the nations, just to clear a thing up. And although I think this is a nice way of putting it, I know that everyone hates me for it. So you think that man-made tracks are the way forward, and I think, you want to see more, and natural think, tracks suck balls. I think if they came up with a calendar that said uh, there were 20 man-made tracks and mode race tracks, I would go, uh, like, step I, back. I don't know what you're trying to do, because you look like you're choking Yeah, I was, I was just um, hiccuping. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I'd be, like, very hesitant of that. But at the end of the day, 20% of the GPs are on these tracks. I can take that. Nations, this is the first time we've had a man-made track since 2009, as far as like in a road race facility. Yeah. Clearly, this was on the radar back then, but it's not being force-fed to us year after year. Next year, it's RNA. 2021, it looks like it could be Majora. We will t- like, clearly, it isn't the business model or the idea that the Nations will always be run on these tracks. So you know what? Just once, I can put up with it. If next year it was going to be a road race track in France, and then the year after that it was going to be a road race track in Italy, I would go like, oh my God, what's happening? Where are we going? But we're not going anywhere, because guess what? The next two years, we potentially have the most historic and traditional tracks you could possibly find. So that's, that's why I don't freak out so much about this, because... You know what's coming. You, you can give and take a little bit. Like, yeah. okay, you want to prove that this is a... Uh, not prove, but you want to kind of sample this and see if this is the future of motocross? Okay. You can try, clearly, but oh, I'm getting, I'm digging myself a hole here. No, no, keep going, mate. I'm really enjoying <laughs> it. I just sat back here relaxing. I am digging myself a hole. No, no, you're not at all. Just pick your speed up, keep going. No, but technically, you could look at it as you stream, could go, this is what, this is our idea, it's going to work, just you watch, we'll do five years of it. Mm-hmm. Then you'll see. It might not work the first year, but by the fifth year, everyone will love it. Yeah. Instead, it's like, we're just going to try this, it's just a little sample. But then we'll, and then we'll see, and then we'll make, like, that's kind of why I can take it, I guess. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not really? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just going to agree with you, because it, it's very good. Um, and thank you for, my, for our award. <laughs> that was a joke before anyone, <laughs> before anyone, before anyone starts <laughs> before anyone starts on that. I got a feeling, anyway, that we got the award because um, they felt sorry for us, because uh, we had our, everything stolen. No. I like to think we deserved it. Really? Should we phone David up? I don't think he wants to speak to us anymore. Why? Uh, do we talk? Do we bug him too much? I think he's had enough of us. Yeah, uh, I think everyone has to be first. Yeah, between rounds of it. Yeah, can we have a podcast? Can we have an interview? Can we? Yeah. Okay. So, what else do you take out the weekend? Way to spring that on me. <laughs> uh, 
So, um, told you to prepare. So that was my thoughts on the track. Um, <laughs> uh, so any little, uh, one thing which everybody's interested in is City Season. Oh, no, 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 no. We're staying on Nations. It was interesting to see what came out with the, yeah, I'm talking about Nations, but did you see Roman Fevre, um posing in the pits with his Kawasaki jacket on at any point? No. No, but there was all photos taken. Yeah, from the team with all the team. Ah, okay, it was Team Workshop, was it? Okay. <laughs> yes. I thought that was Pretty quite... Brilliant, really. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought it was quite interesting because it was kind of... Um, obviously, the, uh, they, they had done that beforehand and the announcements came out after. However, was there any more news that you kind of got from the Nations about what's happening? Okay, before we go back to the results from the Nations, I've got one little speech I'd like to do. Oh, God. At midday, apologize on everybody. Saturday, Kawasaki announced that Matisse Boirame... Yeah, as signed for FNH Kawasaki. Yeah, midday on Saturday, the email came into my inbox. I looked at it and I went, "There's nothing I can do with this right now, because every single person in the world is on the nations. No one is stopping things to share this news. No one cares at that point. Wait five days, so Thursday this week, and everyone will be just desperate for news, and we everyone will run it and react to it, and it will go massive. Why the hell?" Would you release news halfway through the biggest race of the world in the world? It doesn't make sense. I genuinely do not understand. It genuinely baffles me so much and actually gives me a migraine. Okay, so uh, let's turn that on its head. And basically, if ever you want to announce a rider when everybody's looking at motocross and everybody's woke up, and for people who have not kind of been you know so involved as us all year, and it's a nations, let's get excited. And yep. I'm going to follow everything. It is the perfect time. No, because the audience guess what? is there. If I put on our Instagram, Matisse Brosrami, um, assigned for FNH, in two hours, that will be buried by 150 MXOM posts from every media, MXGP, riders, and everything. Okay. Like, so it's never going to have any shelf life, and no one cares. Literally. What, like, so you're saying that's better. What about on Thursday when there's nothing else going on in the industry? I, everyone goes onto Facebook to see what's happening. I'm not saying what's better. I'm playing devil's advocate. So I'm I just saying don't you can look at it the other way. I genuinely do not understand. It genuinely winds me up so much. Same uh, Redbud last year, Friday evening at Redbud, RFX announced that they'd signed Sean Simpson. I looked at it and I went, what do you want me to do here? Like, I've got millions more MXON stuff to do and that's more important than your team news. Which it wouldn't be any other day of the year. Like, why? Do you- I don't understand. It actually drives me insane. Like, common sense, please. You know this drives you insane and when people are going to be listening to this, they're going to think, what a dick? No, no, probably just maybe there's more things in life. Have you ever heard of this thing called Brexit? And um, there's this other stuff going on, like with the government and, and all that sort of stuff. Maybe you should probably put, aim that passion towards that. I, I don't know. I, th- I think maybe just give an FNH a break in Barami. Well, it's not, it's not them, it's Kawasaki. Well, Kawasaki. And then Marchetti decided they'd announce Brian Bogers on Sunday at the Nations. Like, oh, everyone, the Netherlands win the Nations. But hold on, because Dutch rider Brian Bogus, who wasn't good enough to even get on the team, has signed for KTM. Wow. Like, it doesn't make sense. You're very angry. Because it doesn't make sense. Like, I genuinely do not understand. I genuinely don't understand. That's why I'm asking you, process. Have you, have you. Do you know anything about Brexit? Yeah. Maybe try and oh, understand that. David Cameron. <laughs> God, um, Donald Trump. Ugh. What's, what's Donald Trump got to do with that's Brexit? Just, that's just my, I don't know anything about it. So what I do is, this is I learned this when Brexit first happened in 2016. Yeah. Uh, everyone wanted to talk about it. And I had no clue. I, I didn't care. Who cares? You still don't have a clue no, now, though, do you? I don't care. No. Um, and I realized that the way to get out of the conversations when someone comes up to you and goes like, oh, what about Brexit? Is all you had to do is go, David Cameron, eh? 
And then everyone just runs and then they think you know what you're talking about. So just, to this day, anyone mentions Brexit, I just name a political person, shake my head, make a little grunt, and they think, what a guy, he's on my side. Brilliant. Who would have thought that we'd go from nations to Brex to silly seasons to Brexit to David Cameron? In it? I think we're done. Right. Um, Can we go back to the nations? Yeah, let's go back to nations. I actually thought Geyser performed really well the weekend. Considering what um, winning the Lommel GP meant for Geyser, I'd imagine this meant a lot. Yeah. Especially considering he kind of shit up the last couple of GPs pretty badly. Yeah. He bounced back. Yeah. It, it was a really good performance. It was, it was, yeah. Do you want to know what people forget? Oh. Including myself. Oh, tell me. He's racing the Monster Cup. Genuinely forgotten. Yeah, but not on his own. Who else? Tixia. Yeah, who else? No one. Oh, someone pulled out. I told you that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who, like, I feel like that had a lot of hype and kind of died down quite a lot, which is actually probably the best for him. It's so literally just two Europeans now doing yeah. Monster Energy. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Tixia, who probably won't qualify, and Geyser. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, sorry about that, Jordy. That's, that's that. Hack on, Fredrickson. Who would have even thought we'd be talking about that guy on this show? You know what I was surprised with with the Nations? What's that? Jason Anderson got penalised on in free practice. For stopping, you told me. Yep, stopping on the track. Which, there was a lot of that. A lot of penalties. I think there were seven penalties across free practice. What did they get for a penalty? Uh, loss of the fastest time. Did he get the fastest time? No. <laughs> oh, his own fastest yes. time. But don't go, Jason, you stopped on the track. So we're going to take Hurling's time off of him. No, I thought I was actually insinuating that if he had the fastest time, they'd have took away that. No, because that's ridiculous. Okay. So, so, his... so who else lost fastest time then? Oh, a load of other randomers, like Croatians and Portuguese people and Brazilians and right. all the rest of them. But um, there's a lot of that. And uh, the rules are in America and everything that you can't stop on a track either, like Supercross and that. So it's not like um, it wasn't a rule thing. But I initially thought when I put it out on MX Vice that there'd be a lot of conspiracy theories. Yep. Because I don't know if you know this, but people enjoy conspiracy theories. Yeah. Uh, oh, look at that. An American penalized in the first session of the event. Penalized, what a surprise. Yeah. yeah. But there was none of that. Right. So then I thought we were all going to play nice. Well, what happened? Well. Did they gang up on you again? No, not us. I thought just the, the world, the motocross fans were going to play nice. Oh, okay. And to be fair, I felt like there was less hatred. Hatred? Hatred before, towards people. <laughs> This, this time around. Like, there wasn't so much USA versus Europe stuff. I think after what's happened in the last few years, I think everybody's a bit more of a realist. Yeah, but what's a realist? A realist is... No, I don't need a professional. I mean, what, what would a, how would a realist look at this situation? That, well, actually, I would say everybody's more realist. Then I can't remember what rider or somebody put out and said, let's have a supercross of nations. I think that was Ricky Carmichael. No, I think Ricky Carmichael agreed with it, but I can't oh. remember who put it out first. But then I was thinking... And then somebody else put, which I thought was hilarious, was, does that mean that because you can't win one, you're now going to do like the baseball of nations and the American football of nations and stuff like that, which I did find quite funny. Sounds like a terrible joke. But hey, look, at the end of the day, you know, there are some things for and some things against, but anybody could have won that the weekend, depending on a little bit of luck and everything else. And also, you've got to look at the Australians who literally just turned up there, like you said, turned up on the Tuesday and just went out and put in the performances that they did. So, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, we, I don't want to, like, you, we both hate this debate. We both respect um, American riders and GP riders and, you know, the rest of it. So, you know, they'll, they'll be there. They'll come back and they'll dominate it for, for a period. It's, it's just, at the moment, um, European riders got the upper hand. That's it. I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't even say the European riders got the upper hand. I'll just say, like, this week, this is how I sum it up. And I feel like it's a good way to sum it up. I'm quite proud of this. 
Okay. Um, so we, yeah, I've been working on this one. We all left Redbud saying what the hell happened Yeah. in regards to Team USA. Because at the end of the day, there wasn't so much bad luck there. It just was a series of bad things that just like mistakes and just didn't work out for whatever reason. And it was a mud bath. So, so we all, I don't know. I was watching a footage of Redbud and I was like, it doesn't actually look as muddy as... No, it was, it was, it was a mud bath. Was it really? It wasn't a mud... It wasn't like a stop, get stuck. It was wet, deep. It, it but was, anyway, it was not good. Anyway, anyway yeah, so we all left Redbud saying what the hell happened in regards to Team USA. Yeah. But I feel like you leave Aston saying what are you going to do? As far as like what you're going to do is just out of their hands, wasn't it? It was bad luck. Yeah. Like Cooper could have hit any other rider. Literally, there was 39 other options on the track. If you look at it, no nation had two riders next to each other on the first lap because you typically have one rider in gate one and the other in 21. Yeah. So the chances of both of your riders turn, uh, being side by side coming out of turn three are ridiculously slim. Yet, that happened, and two riders went down on lap one, and it was both Team USA riders. And at that point, you've just got to kind of shake your head and be like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But I was... And Justin Cooper looked really good on Saturday. Insanely good. I think a lot of people would have said he was probably the weak link going in. But and he, he looked was, the strongest on oh, the Saturday. He was insane. Dominated the qualifying heat, was dominant in practice, because he initially set the fastest time, and then lost it, came back, got it again lost it again, and then went even faster. So like, I've said it loads. That's the way I kind of judge if it's for real or not. If you have the ability to just lose the fastest time and go, okay, I need to go faster, and then just drop the hammer and take another second off. I think that says a lot about where someone's at. Yeah. So immediately following that, I was kind of confident that he could achieve a lot or whatever. And he looked like he was going to be amazing. And you know what? Jason Anderson and Justin Cooper were side by side in Moto1 on Sunday. If you look at that footage... Captured by MX Vice and MX Vice only because um, I see some fair few people ripping it off. As always. Yep. And also people who just don't want to give us credit. Oh, I saw a website captured that footage. Yeah, it's MX Vice. Like, just say it. Yeah, we're, we're not. That's like, weird. We can, that. all, we can all, yeah, we can all like share the love a little bit. Yeah, like we love Racer X. And, yeah, we love and, what Anton's and doing. I, I, I read Swap, we love what Steve's doing. I read Swap Moto Live's Monday Kickstart yesterday, and it was yeah. really good. Great but, work, Anton. Like, and to be fair, those people, that, pe- that pool of people get it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but anyway. Yeah, cool, um, cool. They were side by side, and both, I think, I counted around ninth and 10th. Yeah. But at that point, no other nation was in that good a position. So who knows where they would have gone from there, because Anderson was actually really strong, and stronger than people give him credit for. And Cooper was obviously unbelievable. So I think had they both stayed up, Cooper would have been a top MX2 rider in that race, which would have put him 7th, 8th. And Anderson could have been 5th, 6th. Yeah. Say, Anderson, say Cooper finished 7th and Anderson finished 5th. That is 12. That would have put him tied, on the, tied with the Netherlands. Wow. So I genuinely think a win was possible. Maybe not a win with the way it turned out for the Netherlands, but second was easily possible. I, w- I would even sit here now and say they're the second, but they were the second best team. Yeah. Because they were. Try and prove me wrong. Okay. I don't care about the results. You've got to look past the results. I, I tweeted it as well, and I got a fair bit of hate for this, which seems to be a pattern now. But, um, <laughs> like, ignore the Team USA results, because what every rider did on an individual level was impressive and deserve, they deserved props for. Yeah. The way Anderson came through the field after that first motor crash was better than I would have ever expected based on how Saturday went for him. Cooper rode with a broken knuckle, or I think it's turned out now to be a boxer's fracture in his hand, and with no clutch lever at all. Osborne did exactly what he needed to do as far as just stay consistent and keep it going. Bring it home, yeah. I think it was fine. I just hope people don't overreact to this and be like, oh, what's wrong? Why is the USA losing? They just had bad luck. Yeah. 
2011, France could have won 2011. But poor sales moose tire came off a rim or something. That's the type of bad luck the USA are having now. Yeah. They just didn't have it back then. So what's another example of that? I think we're good for examples, but Okay, good. You don't yeah, want any more? Yeah. You don't need to, you know, just leave that big motocross brain of yours alone a little bit. Okay. But, um, yeah, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Viva la USA. Right. We're going to talk more about the nations. Let's have a listen to our sponsors, and okay. we're going to take a little five-minute break. Are you cutting me off? <laughs> yeah, I need a break. <laughs> See you in five. Yeah, Max, five, show, show, show. For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com, at Motocross Vice on Twitter, and search MX Vice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian. BMX Thanks to all our sponsors again. Couldn't do this without you, so we appreciate the support. Talking of Team USA, Roger DeCosta lent himself some wise words the weekend to you. Second time this has happened, I think. No, every, Third? Year, every year there seems to be some interesting stuff. Like um, last year, there wasn't one thing that stood out, but he talks about how it's going to be tough to send a team to Assen and what's the point in going and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Every year, I don't even try, I didn't even like, for some reason when I was doing interviews on Sunday night, he didn't even enter my, like usually I'm like, right, I'll go and try and find this person, this person. He didn't even enter my mind. I just bumped into him. I said, do you want to do an interview? He literally didn't even reply. And I was like, and he just like pointed at where we were going to stand. And I was like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> and then. Doesn't need to speak. Just needs that. to point. Yeah. And that was that. We did the interview. That's cool. And he dropped the mother of all bombshells. Was that the mother of all 300,000 bombshells? Yeah. He said, he said like something like close to 300. Okay. So he didn't say 300 bang on. Yeah. But you, from what he was saying, you would guess he meant like 280 or something. Yeah. And that's um, with the money that Husky put in, Star Racing, the AMA and all sorts. Yeah, what it cost to, yeah. to get the team there. But are you all right? Because maybe you should stop drinking Monster in the breaks because it looks like you're either going to pass out through indigestion. Um, it's fine. So okay. I just thought this was an interesting little quote. Didn't really think too much of it. Obviously, the social media world's taken it by storm. Someone raised an interesting point on Twitter. The European teams effectively did what America did this year, last year, to get to Redbud. Yeah. I would guess that none of them did 300 grand. I'm guessing none of them did. On the same... Okay, so you could say um, Britain had Tommy Sell, who just pitted out of a pop-up tent, and the Americans aren't going to do that. Fair enough. I'll take that. Yeah. Netherlands last year, though, for Holland, had Hurlins, Koldenhoff, and Vlanderin meaning they had two Austrian bike riders and one Japanese, all three factory riders. The same groundwork as um, Team USA this year. We obviously had two Austrian riders, Odin Husky, and sure. then the Japanese Yamaha. Do you yeah. follow me? Yeah, yeah. So I'm now on a mission to find out how much the Netherlands paid last year to get to the nations, because okay. that'll be interesting to me. Right. don't know what I'm going to do with that information when I find out, but I've sent a few messages, sent a few emails. Okay. So we will see. We know that GB don't spend that much because they're doing like fundraisers and selling t-shirts and stuff. So yeah, and I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't even know a figure, but I'm guessing they probably get ten grand from the federation to put in. Really, that much? I don't know. Actually, don't know. I don't actually have a clue how much of that would go to that. Because even in the interview, DaCosta said like with the money that the teams put in and a little bit the AMA, obviously, which makes it very clear that what the AMA put in is insignificant compared to what the teams and factories put in to get in the riders there. Yeah. Which is obviously an ongoing debate across in every country about... The, the one thing which always alarms me is the amount of people that are walking around in Team USA clothing. Did you I really mean, think it was that bad this year? I didn't think it was that bad. I did, I've seen a lot of people. But then it's all... 
There's a lot of people that... I don't, I, I, from... I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. All I'm saying is that when I was like, obviously you go into Alpine Stars, Alpine Stars usually put up the guys and literally, yeah, there's a lot of people. I, I'm guessing it's like maybe mums, dads, uh, girlfriend, wives, I would, I would guess. I guess you could go to it. Well, all I'm those people... I'm guessing you need your social media team, that type of thing. All of those people deserve to be there, obviously. Oh, of course, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that. All, all I'm saying is that say there, there's a lot a, of people. I guess you can say who needs a hoodie. Who needs a pass? Like, okay, uh, wife, children, they need a pass, a free pass. Mum and dad. Yeah. Do they need a free pass or would they, should they go, you know what? I'll pay. I'll get a ticket. Uh, I'll just to see. Because I don't know. I'd be, I think if I was a rider, I'd be kind of, I'd yeah, want my mum and dad okay, there and yeah, I'd be kind fine. of pissed that's if. That's fine. Um, uh, what's another example? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's coming up. No. But I, I was, yeah, mate, well, I'm talking about stuff I don't understand and I don't know. So, I don't know how many how I many regret- people it takes to to you know. Well, DaCosta said they had sixty passes. Sixty, yeah. But then I didn't see sixty people there in Team USA stuff. I don't think. I think I'd say I think there was thirty, maybe. Wow. Maybe he was rounding up his numbers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe just every number he doubled. Like he didn't actually. They don't actually use three hundred grand budget. He's one fifty, but just okay. So what else did he say in the in the interview? He said that if an event's going to be held this late, then it should be run out of a country in the south, so there's not guaranteed bad weather. But again, like I said, I don't think there's guaranteed bad weather. I no. think it's just luck of the draw. You would say that running the British GP in March was guaranteed bad weather. Well, but it wasn't. Like, well, Maryland, which was Washington, um, that was great weather. Denver was fine. From what I saw, the British Superbikes at Assen the week before the Nations was amazing weather. Obviously, yeah. the keen. I, I, I agree with you. It's, you know, you can't control the weather. And you, unless we're going to have it in the Sahara, I don't know. But um, yeah, you, I, I, kind of, I really see both sides. And to be honest, I didn't really see the counter side to it until people started tweeting about Red Bud last year and what teams spent to get there. And the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I guess so. Mm. But then also, this is USA. I've said it before. It's not Team Croatia. No. I feel like I've said Croatia a lot. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, they're not going to invite you. That's fine. I don't really want to go to Spit. I don't know what is wrong. Isn't that a place in Croatia? It probably is. Oh, that's what I was just trying to impress you with my knowledge. They've got a football team as well. I was trying to impress you with my knowledge of what's in Croatia. Um, Yeah, like Team USA need this presence, and that's what makes them kind of special. Not special, but that's what makes them the attraction that they are because you look over and you see the Team USA side of hospitality at Alpine Stars. And you're like, wow, what? And and we all grew up watching US racing. So these are some of the best riders in the world. So yeah. if they need five mechanics and two suspension guys and Give an engine them a goddamn guy, pass. then they, they need it because that's what they need to do their job and they are the best sum of the best riders in the world. Yeah. So I, I, can't, I get both sides. I just don't want, I just don't want them to go. Uh, I'm, I'm no promoter or anything, but if Team USA wants 60 passes, yeah, but I don't give think them that's 60 the issue passes. At all. They get that. They've got the passes. Okay. But, but didn't, didn't he mention something about that he couldn't see? Yeah, but, but, but was, we, we have that problem and we're media. So we can't actually see the whole... Yeah, but I think... Do you not have that problem everywhere? We have that, yeah. Apart from Supercross, where there's a designated manager's tower, like AMA Nationals, is there a um? I don't know manager tower. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure the managers can just stand on the track. But I'm pretty sure the managers can just stand on the track at. You wouldn't want to stand on the track at uh, Asano, would you? But still, like I don't know. It's a tricky old one, isn't it? It's a tricky one. Yeah. Interestingly, as well on uh, America, Justin Cooper tried Yago Gert's bike as far as settings go. Yeah, and uh. Didn't like it. Well, not didn't like it, but didn't choose to use it. So they did go, just another example of how all out they went to kind of forego what they're comfortable with. Yeah. And try and experiment with the other side just speaks to their dedication 
yeah. to doing well at Aston. Willing to try. Which just makes it suck even more that it all went down the pupper. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to add about USA uh, or, yep. cl- or shall I move on? Nope. Nope. Okay. U- USA win next year. In France. They win next year. Yeah. Write it down. Say, set an alarm for next year saying that Lewis said Team USA were going to win next year. They win next year. Okay. Quick one. Even with the free riders I got now. Quick one. You're going to hate me for ask, like, asking you this. Let's say that Tomac wins Supercross, wins outdoors, and then turns it down again. Okay. Do you think that's going to happen? Oh, do I think that's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's up to him. I think it's Kawasaki, isn't it? Okay. Because from what all, all indications indicated, that, um, all indications did indicate, that uh, <laughs> <laughs> since Renault wanted to go, it was Kawasaki's decision. Okay. So, okay. So, but I don't think Tomac makes or breaks Team USA at this event. I think send Anderson, Osborne, and Cooper to Ernie next year, and they can win, and they will win. Osborne, no, not sorry, uh, Martin, Martin Webb, and Barsha almost won Ernie in twenty fifteen. The only reason they didn't win is because France had an insanely low score. Yeah. For instance, actually, if I remember right, I'm pretty sure France had fourteen, and. Uh, USA had 19 or 18. Let me just have a look. 16. There you go. France had 14 that weekend. USA had 16. 16 would have been enough to win at yeah. Assen. Yeah, it would have. 16 would have been enough to win at Redbud. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. There was that, just two team, insanely good team, teams. Then Cooper wasn't a full-time 450 rider, but he jumped on one, did well. And then Barsha wasn't exactly the dominant force outdoors, like you're saying, Tomac. He wasn't winning the title, wasn't a champion. But he... Did won a race and like got the USA to two points within the victory. Yeah, it can happen. I don't. It's not the USA aren't. Oh well. Basically, I guess what we, you're trying to say is there's no need for panic button. No, it's not. Like I'm just saying that I don't think that I feel like there's too much. Well, maybe in six years things will change and the, and the dynamics will shift again and the USA will be better. No, it's fine. They could win next year and they could win the year after that and then who knows? I do actually think once they win once again it will turn the other way and they'll just go back to winning. Yeah. I, I, I don't dispute but they, I, I need, they need to win. Yeah. I'm at the point now where I'd rather them win than anyone else because I, need, I feel like I want them to win just to kind of... We can all sit here and say, America's the best, America's amazing, and then it will kind of give that hype back for the following years and stuff. Okay. Because it's been a while. This is what? The eighth in a row? Well, it's 2012 on. And when, yeah, the eighth loss in a row. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought... If you'd, you were at St. John in 2011... I was. If I'd came up to you and said, uh, USA aren't going to win at all in the next eight years, you would have told me that I was clinically insane. I would tell you that you were absolutely mental and yeah. you'd never win Journalist of the Year. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine if you went to a bloody um, casino and put money down on this? Yeah. I'm insane. But it's gonna, it's gonna, the luck's going to change at some point and okay. they'll be back. So can we move on? Yeah. Let's talk about Belgium. USA. Um, yeah. Surprise? Saturday was a surprise. Sunday was a bit meh. Okay. Saturday was a surprise, though. I didn't expect them to get pole. And to be honest, I didn't expect them to be a factor at all going in. No. But they all stepped up. I was a bit skeptical about Gertz because he kind of was on a struggle bus. Yeah. At Redbud. And I wasn't sure if his mental side and all of that was necessarily the right thing for the nations but he performed Strybos really stepped up yep. one of my most impressive riders of the weekend yep. and Van Horbeek stepped up as he normally does and did what he done what he do. needed to do for Team Belgium or did what he can do uh, Oftentimes, maybe he doesn't do what he's capable of but yeah. he did what he's capable of so it's good for them to get back on the podium as well because it's been since 2015 and I feel like you, need, you just need that parity to keep people interested yeah 
Nah, it's good for them. But ridiculously high scores. 47 points for second. Yeah. It's insane. I just think that there was something, not weird, but there's something different about Assen. So, um, 47 points. Belgium actually scored 47 points last year. They scored exactly the same amount of points last year as they did this year. Except last year it put them sixth. Yeah, but I think we, 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 we all know that a lot of people have problems a weekend. Oh yeah, but still like... So you don't usually have two people having two bad rides. So when you have two bad rides, that's what kills the scores. Anyway, let's talk about Great Britain. Drop my theory. Why I not? I told you on the weekend and you said everyone was going to hate me for. Oh yeah, crack on then. <laughs> go on so, then, go. GB yep. couldn't get on the podium for years and years and years and years. Just could not do it. We're always yep. fourth or fifth. Yeah. Now suddenly, the last three years, uh, GB have been on the podium. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get hated for what? this What? This is an actual... This makes no, sense. No, no, you crack on. Yeah. I'm going to go... I'm off to uh, home base to get a spade. Um, Just to a, dig your hole. Now, hmm, what could possibly be related to this? Is there, is there additional data that correlates with Team GB's sudden three-year podium streak? You're meant to say, I need, I need some... I'll, I'm having nothing to do with this. <laughs> you carry on. No, I don't, I don't see why you think this is bad, right? Yep. So for years and years and years, we were fourth or fifth. Yep. We being Team GB, I guess I can say that because I'm British. Okay. You're going to get kicked I, out after you say this one. I would put it on, I will be Brexiting myself. You um, will be Brexited. We can, you can say that GB the, was the third best European team all those years that they were finishing fourth and fifth. Right. Because typically, uh, USA would be on the podium and then there'd be Belgium and France or whoever else in um, second and third. And then you'd have GB in fourth. Meaning if it was a European of nations, motocross of European nations, then we would have been on the podium multiple times. Do you follow me? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. following you. I'm not, I'm following you, but I'm not going to go off the cliff. I'm just going to stay there and watch you drink. For instance. Fall off and drink. Um, uh, 2011, USA first, France second, Australia third, GB fourth. Meaning, take out the USA yeah. off the podium, yeah. suddenly GB's on the podium. Wow. That long podiumless drought wouldn't have happened. You pull USA off the podium, pull that Jenga block out, yeah. And to GB are just podium, 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 right? Right. I, do you want me, I, I'm just going to pull oh, up no, you, some you, other, I'm going to pull up some random results through the years and see if this correlates. Yeah, you do it. Okay. Uh, let's go for 2015. Actually, no, uh, I would look at 2015. That was a bad year for injuries, actually, no, because Max crashed. But landed on. That's not a good example. <laughs> I don't think anything that Jenga blocked, <laughs> that Jenga tower came down in a big way. But yeah, basically, that's what I'm saying, right? Yep. So suddenly, we've had a three-year podium streak. Yep. Because you pulled USA off a podium three years in a row. And that has jumped everyone up. Because each year, we've been third. So if USA's po uh, win streak had never ended, and they were just first, 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 as they were at the beginning of this decade, GB would have been 4 4 fourth. So GB's podium streak directly is impacted by the USA's podium list streak. Okay. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes sense. I'm just not sure how that's going to go down. Why? Why is that bad? Because it feels like you're not giving them credit. I'm giving them credit. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it makes sense. No, you're basically because calling I was, them. No, no, <laughs> no, you're basically calling them opportunists. <laughs> you love this fucking opportunist no, word. No, that's not an opportunist thing at all. Of course what, it is. No, what I'm saying... No, what you're saying is basically Team USA have been bad for the last few years. So Team Great Britain has basically taken the opportunity. I'm not saying taking the opportunity. I'm more saying just like, been there. <laughs> so um, I think but does that not make sense does that not make sense to you yeah I'm just not getting do you think that maybe I reckon we should start a new YouTube thing where I've got like a chalkboard and like a scientist coat on and like 
with one of my crazy theories every show, I'm there like drawing the diagrams and like arrows and everything to kind of explain it. But should you not understand? Oh, no, I, I perfectly understand. Um, are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> I'm but uh, I'm just not getting involved. No, um, I don't see what's wrong with that. And by the way, the last podcast we did, right. we obviously missed a couple yeah. personal issues and whatnot. Yeah. You threw me under the bus for saying something bad about Sterry. And I was confused because I was like, I didn't say anything bad. And you said that I was a dick for saying it. Right. Sterry said he listened. Yeah. And he didn't take it bad at all. He didn't understand why you were... I can't remember what he said. You said I said, uh, it's not worth recounting a previous podcast, is it? But basically... Yeah, Sterry watched. listened and agreed with me, said I wasn't being a dick. Oh, okay. Which basically means that I feel much more confident saying things. Good. But Good. Do, you not yeah. under, do you not agree? I'm not saying that. If it was a motocross of European nations, which is technically what the podium has been the last three years, yeah. GB have a much better shot at a podium. Yeah. US, uh, do I want to say that? Mm, do I want to say that? USA were a better team at Aston. <laughs> Like they had the potential, they on paper had everything gone, <laughs> on paper had everything gone to plan. <laughs> oh. James is James is doing charades and doing an impression of me hanging myself. Um, on paper, had everything gone to plan yeah. for USA, I think they would have finished ahead of Britain. Okay. Yeah, which again correlates to my theory. Yeah. So um, my theory is that uh, you have to take your luck. Um, no, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Oh, I'm not. I'm just saying we're it works talk, out. We're it talking theories. We're it just works theories. out. I'm just saying that um, uh, you could say that picking Nathan Watson played right into um, the hands. You know, enjoy, given the weather, everything else. Uh, great move, and they took their opportunity. I'm not saying I don't even think they took their opportunity. They out of the right out of the current results, they were the third best team. And now would I think would would you say Mark Chamberlain's the most um successful MX ON manager of all time? Uh, no. Three podiums in a row? No. Okay. Right. Just saying that. Hard no. Right, cool. Um <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I don't think because uh, just three three podiums? No, not not up in your estimation. Can we call Red Bud a podium? I'll take a podium. Yeah, we finished third. But we weren't on the podium. <laughs> well, we were after. I don't, I don't know if you can sit here. For a few I don't irregularities. Know, I, just, I don't know if you can sit here and celebrate Team GB for having three podiums in a row when we didn't actually finish on the podium. No, nah, we did. We finished third. In this, if you look back at the results, we're third. Yeah, but we know that there was a technicality. Yep, and we finished third. If there was a football, if there was a soccer game... I don't know much. I don't know if you've seen the Olympics, but all the people that have taken drugs over the years have had their medals taken back. Yeah, but I just feel like you can't sit here and go, bloody hell, for three years in a row on a podium. Because technically you weren't. Technically you've gone 3-5-3. Three, three. Well, if anything, um, we should be feeling sorry for them because they've been cheated out of a podium. Who? Team GB. Well, Never. if you look at that, Australia got cheated last year because they were fourth and <laughs> they didn't even get on a podium after Italy were removed. Okay. So, I feel like that just blew your mind. Your eyes then went into like mad calculations. I'm just, uh, no, yeah. no, I just, I just, because I, I was struggling with that in the run up to the race because everyone was like, can the podium streak continue for GB? It's like, well, if we finish seventh and the top four teams get disqualified, maybe we can't. Like, how far do you go? I feel like you're very disappointed with me. <laughs> I'm not disappointed. <laughs> I'm amused. Um, okay. So, more on now that we've talked about Team GB as a whole, yeah, I have more to say. Oh, great. Your favourite rider in the world and favourite person? Uh, I've got a few. But Nathan Watson. Yep. Who 
if me and Nathan Watson were in a burning building. Oh, Nathan. Yeah, exactly. No doubt. Yeah. Um, he rode with a long swing arm. Do you know what's nice about Nathan? Oh, God. Always smiling. That's Do not you know, me. You're never smiling. You're Mr. Cause, Doom and Gloom. It's because life has beaten me down. <laughs> um, the thing is, if I was on a, like a desert island, we'd just been stranded, and I'd be with you, and you'd be like, oh, we're going to die. And I'd be with Nathan, and I'd, I'd be like, this is nice, isn't it? And he'd be like smiling away. Yeah, could be worse. See? See what I mean? But I would keep you entertained. We wouldn't. With facts and stats. <laughs> There'd be like a shark there, and I'd be like, why would there be a shark on a desert island? <laughs> in the water. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'd be like, well, shall I stay and listen to your shit, or shall I go and get eaten by a shark? Oh, go get eaten by a shark. Doesn't sound very helpful of you. Well, no, I'm just 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 telling you. Okay. Like, with Nathan, but, I'll probably stay there a little bit longer. Oh, because it'd be really positive, and we'd be smiling, having a laugh about us being stranded. Okay, right. Let's uh, go for now. Yeah. Well, did you have something else to add? Uh, yeah, he was using okay. a long swing arm. Right. That you would typically use for beat traces. Okay. Uh, he didn't know if he was going to be able to use it as per the rules, but found out he could. So chucked it back on his bike and felt a million times more comfortable. Right. So not okay. only did we have a beat trace rider out there with a beat trace bike, uh, and then he had a factory engine from KTM. It wasn't. Someone told me it was literally Caroli's engine, but it wasn't Caroli's spec. But it was a factory engine pitted next to Herlin's. So Red Bull KTM, to their credit, went all out for him. Wow. And at the eleventh hour as well. So fair play for that. When we were at the Team GB practice day on Wednesday, he was struggling with his mesh starts. Okay. I'm really struggling. Because he hasn't started on mesh. Uh, 2015, we didn't have mesh starts in MXGP. And I'm pretty sure in Enduro, they're not using mesh starts. Nah, I don't think they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he'd never, like, it was a new experience for him. And he'd, he only had one day to practice. So full credit to Mark DeRuva, who on this practice day proclaimed that he doesn't hate me. So that was great. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. He didn't say he liked me. Look at you building bridges. He didn't say he liked me. Okay. But he said he doesn't hate me. That's good. That's a start. Yeah. You can work from there. Exactly. Yeah. So he actually, because he obviously trains FNH, he, uh, typically FNH have one practice grid thing. Yeah. They only had one FNH rider there. Uh, Mark, going above and beyond, brought the two practice metal grate, practice gate things, so that Nathan could do starts alongside Sean Simpson. What a guy. To simulate a 450 start on the metal grate. What a guy. From what I saw, and if Adam's listening to this, if you could screen record me saying this and send it to Mark, that'd be great. Okay. From what I saw on Wednesday, I suddenly believe Mark DeRuva is insanely important to any team. He's insanely important to the success of the FNH team. And if I was a team manager in a similar position to FNH, I would either be looking to steal him or find, try and replicate what he's doing with someone else. Really? Because he is that clever and that good. Wow. I couldn't believe some of the stuff I was hearing him saying him stuff and just how passionate he is about like he was so passionate about Team GB just because Adam was, just because there was an FNH rider on a team, he took it upon himself to help everyone then. That's awesome. And not everyone's going to be like that. No. So he was helping Nathan with his starts. Like uh, Nathan would do a start. He'd talk to him about it, blah, 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 do this, do this. He'd film him, talk, like show him, the, like going above and beyond. Same with uh, Adam and Sean. And then he walked the track with the team at the weekend, did all of that stuff. Like full credit, full credit. So he was basically English for a weekend. Yeah. Very cool. So, and he still got to win by putting his Dutch hat on. Yeah. Very so cool. He, um, yeah. So two podiums a weekend. He deserves a lot of credit for that. And who knew Nathan Watson's shoulder popped out in the first moto? I didn't know. No. He just decided not to mention this in my interview as well. Oh, wow. So at some point in the first moto, his shoulder popped out and he decided not to tell anyone. When did it pop back in? Just straight away. Okay. That's interesting. 
So um, I've got to admit, I'm, I'm actually, I didn't know any of this about this uh, training day. So this is really cool. Oh, yeah. Deriva, I'm trying to think what else I saw. Well, first of all, Deriva went to a track called Nuns Peep. Yeah. No one's heard of it. It's like Simpson, who's lived in Belgium, Sand King, you'd think, no, had never heard of this track. And should you be saying this if it's a little secret? Yeah, it's fine. Because now everybody's going to listen. And then, um, no, because I saw Fevra comment on Deriva's Instagram saying, what track is this? Oh, okay. And Deriva replied saying, Nuns Peep. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah. But they went to this track that Simpson had never heard. Well, know, they shouldn't you, have let us. They shouldn't you, have let the media there, should they? You know that little bridge you built with Daruva? <laughs> That's <laughs> just been smart. <laughs> no, um, so they went to this track called Nunspeat. It's yep. like an hour and a half from Lommel. Simpson had never even heard of it. And it's really close to Assen. Like it's that white, fine sand. Okay. It's obviously not a road race track. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, not identical to Aston. <laughs> Did it have a grandstand? No, it's in, no the, okay. it's in the trees. It's almost got a Lyrop feel to it as well. Really? What, what but, high in the trees or? High in the trees? Yeah, like you said, it's in the trees. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah. So they went to, so Daru, on Daruva's suggestion, they went to this track, or yeah. Adam's suggestion. It's Adam's favourite track in uh, the Belgium, Holland area as well. Okay. So Daruva, or Adam, or however you want to spin it, set that up for the day and... That's where they rode, and from what I saw being there, it is a much better prep for Assen than Lommel is, and Honda Park, and Veldhoven, and stuff like that. Just impressed, I was. Wow, look at you. And it takes a lot to impress you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I generally think, like, Daruva's maybe the smartest man in the MXGP paddock. Wow. Mm. What, are you, are you including yourself in that as well? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I'm a close second, but... <laughs> 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 I'm joking, that was a joke. Wow, look at you. Okay, like, this is, I, to be honest, I never thought I'd. I'd I was generally this. just in awe all day. Wow. The passion on show. Maybe he could start a podcast with you. Well, he doesn't really want to do interviews with me. <laughs> okay. But it's fine. Yeah. We did do an interview mid last year, and I'm not sure what happened because ever since that interview, he doesn't want to do interviews with me anymore. But that interview went well. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly what's happened, but yeah. Oh. But he did do a little interview. He, he answered one of my questions on camera. Oh, okay. That's how, so we're building bridges. Okay, that's good. Then. And, and he doesn't hate me. Brilliant. Nathan gave Mark credit. Adam gave Mark credit. I'm giving Mark credit. Mark Daruba, not Mark Chamberlain, but it's yeah. close enough, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that on Nathan Watson. Okay. And to be fair, he did better than I thought. Because yeah. if you look at, I was all like, oh yeah, he's a beat trace specialist, great in the sand, brilliant, blah, blah, blah. Look at the Aston results from 2015, the last time he did MXGP. He was 12th overall behind Boutron. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, sheesh. He believes he's a better rider since he went to Enduro and that obviously showed. I've talked a lot there. Do you want to say something? No, I am just... Were in... you at the event? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I, was, I was actually at the event. I had a really good weekend, actually. Yeah. Oh. I, I got to speak to lots of people I wouldn't normally speak to, which was pretty cool. Met quite a few different people, some very, very interesting people. And I stayed dry. Oh. So, um, yeah, as, as a couple of people put on, uh, on Twitter taking the piss out of me, I was in my ivory tower. Oh. Nice. Yeah. So, but I was warm. I'd like to thank Monster Energy for uh, looking after me the weekend. It was very nice of them. Um, so, shout out to those guys. Appreciate that. Uh, nice for Sterry to get on the podium as well in his last ever MX2 race. He never did it in the MX2 class, but this is close enough. Yeah. Same feeling. And Simpson as well, because this was his seventh attempt at the Nations, I think. And he was kind of in that, he was trapped in that era of fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, like constantly missing out on a podium. Who can forget Latvia? where GB with Simpson would have been third, except Simpson's chain snapped in the last race. Yeah, that was not So he, one. and then, I, like, he was on the team in 2016. Was he on the team in 2015? I don't know. Wilson, Max, Tommy was injured, so it must have been him. 
Yeah, I think yeah, it was him. So he was on the team all those years. And then the one year he stopped getting picked, 2017, the podium streak suddenly happened. There we go. So that must have been a bit of a kick in the bollocks, but he's obviously on the podium now and he's experienced it and happy days. Yep, good. So, um, and we already know he's got his own program next year. Yep. And cool. I did a massive interview about that on MX Twice. So Excellent. Just find it. Excellent. Uh, on the other stats thing, 58 points for GB. Yep. Last year, 58 points would have put them eight. Okay. Just behind Spain and just ahead of Estonia. Yeah. Just mental. Just to, how it all worked out at the weekend. I mean, if you, if you look in you know, the top, Belgium had a 17th, which was at a lower score once you've taken out one. Great Britain, 24th when you take out the 36th. Estonia, 21 when you take out the 25th. France, 23 when you take out the 5th. Where most, most years they have one bad race. Most people had two bad races. And I think that's what's affected the scores because it just bumped it up by 20 points. Well, it's not completely foreign as well. That year at Erne, France won with a ridiculously low score of 14. And USA was second with a ridiculously low score of 16. But Belgium were third with 56. And Estonia were fourth with 66. So like... There have been years like that. Like that year, Belgium got third with a fourth, a seventh, a ninth, a twelfth, and a twenty-fourth. So it does happen, but it's just weird for there to be one team that solely managed to score low. Uh, interestingly as well, all of the Dutch riders I spoke to said that they believe had it been dry, they would have won by a bigger margin. Really? Because I was battling with myself over that because I was like, has it helped them by it raining? Because technically it's more technical, maybe skill comes into it a bit more on line choice, but then at the same time, they're all great riders anyway, so when it's just a flat sand, a flat out sand track with like normal sand track, would they have had a bigger advantage there? Or, like I couldn't figure out what they benefited them more. Okay. So, yeah. Um, France. Finally lost. Finally. I've said it before, but when USA had their big win streak before, um, I, was in the point, I was at the point going into 2011 where I was like, okay, I'm ready, I just want someone else to win now. Yep. Like, I don't care who it is. I'm just ready to see a change. Uh, I'm, I was at that point with France. Where I was just like, I don't care who wins, just anyone but France because this is getting boring now. And uh, we got it. The question that everybody's going to be talking about, I guess, if you're French, would be Vial. Uh, to be honest, they were never going to win it, were they? No, but I'm guessing that um, Renault with 18 and a 30th, obviously R- that... Renault stunk up the joint pretty good. So with, with those results in mind that obviously affected him quite bad I don't even know what happened to Renault because he was 6th overall at Lommel so I was like he's an okay Sam Ryder but uh, he was 15th in practice MX2 practice on Saturday behind Prit Ratsep Simon Langenfelder and Rene Hoffer and just ahead of Valentin Guio and Martin Barr and Timur Petrushin so do you think the enormity of the event the pressure everything else got to him maybe or the fact that Assen is a unique soundtrack and whereas he maybe is better in the sound of Lommel because he trains at Honda Park and Veldhoven and all of these places, Rivenbroich or however you say it, maybe the lack of time on a track like Assen and the uniqueness of it, because it was slippery and just weird. Every, that's why everyone said it was just weird. Um, maybe that caught him off guard. He also had a better engine from Yamaha, so maybe he wasn't familiar with that and that took some getting used to, I don't know. But at no point was he on. At no point were you like, oh, look, he's getting the hang of this. It was pretty clear from practice on Saturday that it wasn't going to happen. And Tixier put in a good performance with a sip. Yeah, I was impressed with Tixier. And to be fair, Tixier, had uh, Paul Ann not run out of fuel in the second race, Tixier would have got France on the podium because they passed Britain on the back of Tixier making a couple of moves and moving up from 20th to like 16th. So I don't think you can get on him too much. He kind of did his job. I think you can put more of a blame on Paul Ann than you can Tixier. Wow, you're so. just throwing people under the bus. What? 
No, it's just been really nice statistics here. No, it's very nice. Because Paul Land said that he did some testing before, because I said to him uh, before the race, I said like, oh, clearly this year hasn't been your best in the sand. Like you're typically a great sand rider. You weren't this year. So do, like, have you found anything in testing since the last sand GP with that being Lommel? And he said, yes, he's a million times more comfortable and his confidence now compared to going into Lommel is on another level. But we didn't really see that. Although that first moto, there were flashes because whilst Hurlings was going through the pack six seconds a lap quicker than anyone, Paul Lam was doing similar time. Wow. So there was a tiny bit of flash, but apart from that, it was just kind of like this final race. He was just kind of riding around until we ran out of fuel. I think um, somebody who uh, didn't get much credit this weekend just because his team wasn't involved in the, in the you know, podium or anything else was Jonas. Yeah. I thought he looked really good. Yeah, it's kind of off the back of... Um, I thought that for a while, haven't I, with his GPs and stuff. Yeah. Kind of off the back of that. But I'd still say this was probably the best he's ever ridden as far as 450s go. Yeah, he looked really good out there. Yeah, and in all conditions as well. Dry, wet. Yep, consistent all weekend. I said to him as well when I interviewed him after the race, like, does it suck coming here and kind of knowing, like, if you're Belgian, you can get excited and be like, maybe we can win. Oh, this is going to be amazing. If you're British, you can be like, oh, let's get on the podium. This is going to be amazing. If you're Latvian, you're kind of just going in going, well, I'll have fun and we'll see what happens. So I said to him, does it suck a little bit? And he said, yeah. Maybe they could have like an Eastern European like super team. But they had their, to be fair, they had their best result ever, I think. Eighth. Yeah, I, I can't remember last time they... Um, no, but he, Jonas said that was their best result ever. Okay. I haven't checked it myself, but and it's not surprising with Jonas going 2-3. With Tom's McCook. I was super surprised at Germany as well, with their D team Ulrich. finishing seventh. Ulrich was terrible on Saturday. But pulled out a ninth. Was, exactly. I don't know what happened overnight, but he was terrible on Saturday. And then somehow pulled it around and got okay on Sunday. Well, more than okay. And you've got to feel sorry for Geyser. Why? Because he put in a first and a second. And they finished 13th. I'd say 13th. I think 13th is just about as good as Slovenia can hope for. But um, how funny is this, though? Right? After the first moto, when two, two uh, scores were counted, the standings were the Netherlands, Switzerland, France, Spain, Norway, Sweden, Slovenia, and Estonia. Like, wow. what a shit show of just like, who would have thought? <laughs> like, who would have said that that would have been the top eight after the first moto? But I was just sat there looking at the standings like, what has happened here? <laughs> what? Just, you just have a way of words, that's all. Um, right, let's take a little break. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more nations before we go into silly season and everything else. So uh, here's again. Thanks for our sponsors. I will see you in five. BMX five show. This podcast is brought to you by 24MX, Europe's biggest online motocross store. There are hundreds of your favorite brands at discounted prices, so head over to 24MX.com to shop now. BMX Thanks again to our sponsors. We can't do this without you. And uh, just apologize to everybody for uh, missing uh, last week. We had a few personal bits and pieces going on, and also with the boys going to um, uh, Out for the Nations, it was always going to be a bit difficult kind of getting everybody in the same, same place. But back to Nations, Lewis. We all the talk going into the Nations would be Prado's first time racing on a 450. Did he disappoint? Oh, no. That's harsh. No, that, oh. was, that was a question. Oh, you know. okay. No, I thought he was fine. Jesus Christ. It don't, don't start digging me a hole. It wasn't exceptional, but it was just, it was good. It was good. There was no, no worries. If, like, there was good speed, battled with um, Hurlins, charged hard in the latter stages of each race. Pulled a whole shot. Yep. 
had a terrible start. Did he in pull the last a whole shot? Or... No, guys have technically got it, but okay. Fardo, yeah. good as. So yeah, I thought it was just fine. And I'm very excited for 2020. Yeah, I was this is what I've been I've been waiting for. As mentioned in probably the previous 19 podcasts we've done, he's such an exciting prospect. And the fact that he can just get on that and and show that he can run at that speed in difficult conditions, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, I think it just, again, just makes next year just so special. If if we get Caroli back, if we get Prado in that uh, mix, if we get Hurlins, Geyser, Fevre, am I missing anybody? No. No. That's cold enough? Cold enough. Yeah. Max, maybe, depending on where well, Max that's ends a long up. shot right now. Yeah. But, as far as like, who knows what he's going to do next year. But wow. Wow. What a top 10. What a top five. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I was, I was, you know, it, it met all my expectations. Yeah, he just... done everything which I kind of expected him to do. But also, it made me very excited in the early part of the weekend when, you know, when we, you've seen the raw speed. Yeah. You've got to remember that he's barely ridden a 450. Interesting as well, I thought. Um, he said that over the last two years, he has mainly trained on hard pack because that's his weakness or that's what he sees as his lesser strength. So he said that his style's almost become more of a hard pack style. Mm-hmm. So he thinks he needs to spend more time in the sand. So his style goes back to being more of a sand style. Okay. Interesting, I thought. Yeah, very. Yeah. Um, apart from him, Olsen impressed me. What? We didn't do a podcast after China, but whilst watching China on TV, I was going to say that that was maybe the most impressed I've been with Olsen. He faded late, which isn't going to get the job done next year, but he charged forwards early on, and I was like, oh, look at Olsen go. Similarly, at the Nations, he was the top MX2 rider both times and put on a bit of a fight. So therefore, I was like, huh, there's a bit of life there. Okay, that seems very odd, you mm-hmm. praising Olsen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did he... Mm-hmm. Did, okay, did you let him know that you were pleased with him? No. Um, Sewer, as well, continued his nice little run of form through the year. Won the qualifying race, which I think was big for him because he never won a race all year. So I feel like getting that's kind of a little monkey off the back. We talked about this, didn't we, on the way back from the airport? And, um, you know, with the people in front of him, who? Sewer. Oh. Um, with the people in front of him, we kind of expected that. And he was where we kind of, you know, with the development that he's done in uh, this year, that's kind of where we expected. But again, I think finishing second in the, in the championship this year. Do you think he can he can mix it with the top five? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. So now we've extended our to six. Oh yeah, he'll be really good next year. He'll be far and away the best Yamaha rider. Okay, far and, then, and away. Uh, also, we should mention Jonas in that mix because I think he's going to be in there as well. Oh yeah, yeah, so that's seven. It's funny that we've now got the Prado Sewer Jonas in MXGP when two years ago that was the MX2 battle. Yeah, that's quite cool to see that now cool. re-pick up on the 450s but you, Guido as well um, a, any news on Vlanderen because Vlanderen obviously put in a good performance we'll, we'll, we'll get to that it's in the questions okay. we'll get to that um, and do you think that would have um, helped him no. winning no, no. no like, like I said to him in Sweden at this point I don't think winning anything is going to help him okay. or Steri or anyone in this position because it's done what's done's done if results were, if results were a deciding factor those riders was ha- would have a ride right now instead of Bogus instead of Lieber, instead of whoever, whoever. But yeah. One thing I was going to speak to you was one team which it just didn't work for this weekend was um, Italy. Monticelli, Forato, Lupino. On paper, not a bad team. Mm, but in the sand. I know, but, you know, on paper, not a bad team. 
But to finish sort of 16th and the best, I mean, Monticelli had the best place with the 7th. I guess they're all going to be a little bit disappointed. I'd imagine that it was, I mean, I'd imagine that Ferrato was struggling in the sand on a 250 against 450s. Mm-hmm. Because just he would have been underpowered, obviously, like every other MX2 rider. And also with his build, he would have been even more struggling compared to a lighter 250 rider like Iago Gertz. Okay, so one thing which I do want to talk about with um, Ferrato is I think he's probably the most marketable person. No, no, no. What? No. Did you see the moustache? Just and no. The hat? How are you marketing that? How are you marketing that? Well, he looks like a Colombian drug dealer. So you can market it that way. I can, I can, no. There's so, no, 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 no. Have you ever seen El Chapo? No. All right. No. Okay. Well. I think we got something there. If, if I'm a team... Arby, if you, wanna, if you want anybody to run your social marketing, I'm your guy. If I'm a team... We can I'm, do this. Eh? Call me. At James.Burfield at mxvice.com. Email. Um, yeah. I want to help. So We can do this. Yeah. Um, Lupino was on the old struggle bus. Well, I feel I, like he's still I've, in Philly. That's why I, I wanted to mention it, because they, they had potential last weekend. I actually am surprised as well that Sweden didn't do better than they did. I thought they were shooing for a top 10. Well, I owe you 50 euros, don't I? What was, what was, oh yeah, what was, what did we bet? Oh I yeah, bet. you bet that it'd be top five. Yeah. Uh, top I, five. Oh, what a laugh. They were 14th. I know. I, I, I thought they'd be 8th, 9th, 10th. No, I, I just, I don't know why, but I thought Benson in the sand. Oh yeah, I was on the Goal in the sand, yeah, Uslin in the sand. Same. I thought, I, I was, yeah. But 8th, 9th, 10th, not 5th. No, I thought, I thought with everything going on in the pure chaos of the nations, I thought that they would be, the you know the strong consistent type and it just went tits up for me so um i'd like to thank sweden are you actually gonna pay cost- up yeah are you actually yeah well, you've got pay bets um we bet 50 euros do i get 50 pounds or are you going to convert that hang on actually, i don't want 50 euros i'm not going anywhere well uh let me just see what i've got in my wallet because i might have 50 euros in my wallet i don't want 50 euros i'm not going anywhere i've got 60 euros in my I'm, wallet. Not go- I'm not going anywhere that's well, not going to help me aren't you going to paris Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to Paris. You can get yourself a Chipotle. That's a long way away. Oh, what? Are you that hard up for money that you need 50 quid now? No, no. I mean, you, that's you, a long you, way you away. You forgot about it. I mean, that's a long way away as in I need a race. I've got, I don't even want to think about Paris because oh that's God. a long way away. Did you like my tweet? Yeah, I think you actually do need to seek help. That was funny, wasn't it? Not really. No? No. Oh. No. So uh, how are you feeling mentally anyway? Oh, it's not, I'm freaking out a tiny bit. Yeah? Yeah. Well, it's just checking on your well-being. Oh, okay. No, it's fine. Just making we'll, sure you're okay. We'll struggle on. Okay. Are you back to 100% yet? Yeah, I'm all right. It's a bit down. Oh, <laughs> fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> what, what are you down about? My season's over. Okay. What are you going to do now, then? I don't know. What are you doing this weekend? Well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, if Monster lost... Cup, I'm debating pulling the pin. Well... Haven't you won 5,000? We won 5,000. Yeah, but I already said I don't want the money, so you can have okay, the money. I've got 1250. Yeah. I feel like it's, I feel like it, not that this should be discussed on air, but I feel like it's more worthwhile us saving that for the six weeks in America. Well, it's up to you. I, I think you should go to, I think you, you guys deserve uh, to go to um, Monster Energy Cup. Yeah, so do have I. Have a wild time. Yeah, so do I. Rent some Lambos. Yeah. Oh, it might cheer you up. Yeah. Give you something to look forward to. Yeah. Right, okay. So, are we done with the nations? Can we move on? Yeah, I guess. I just I don't really want to move right. on. Because once we move on from the nations, we enter the pit of darkness that is oh. off-season. My life. Yeah. Um, have we got any questions? Yeah. Let's do questions. Question numero uno. Okay, who's this from? At 
underscore Vilius. Hey, Vilius. On Instagram. What happened to Jazakonis at the end of the season and the MXON? Oh. Nothing happened to him at the MX. Uh, nothing happened to him at the end of the season. He just struggled with starts, and in his own words, was on Struggle City the Thursday before the Nations. He twisted his ankle. There was no structural damage or anything serious, but it was damaged to a point where he obviously struggled in time practice, twenty uh, first in the MXGP class, and ultimately pulled out. Right, done. Uh, okay. Question so two. That was a real shame. Is Calvin Vlandering going to America? Asks at d.i.t.f.s media. And the answer to that is no, because as he mentioned in the exclusive MX Vice interview on Sunday, his quote was, I was maybe going to go to America, but that's kind of fallen away now. So he made no secret about the fact that he wants to go to America one day. Okay. He wants to be there. He was looking at options, um, as were a lot of riders like Darian Sny, Max Anstey. Yep. Uh, Brian Moreau obviously got a deal and others, but it looks like that's not happening for Vlaanderen. So we have more questions on Vlaanderen, though, so we'll talk about him next year when we get there. Would you like to contribute? Yes, I would. And I think this would be possibly a good time to... No? You know, do you know what I'm going to say? Yeah, I think we should save that for next week. Mm. Because let's, let's, not, let's not blow our load on this podcast. We've got like three months of empty darkness and but despair some... coming up. But Build the hype. Well, I'm just saying that. that... No, next week. Next week. 100%. I'm just saying that interview's got some good information what people aren't going to know about. And they will hear about it next week. We are breaking silly season news which isn't really like team news, but we will be breaking it in the podcast next week. Are you week. sure? Will it not yeah, be broke before that? No, it won't. Because no, like I say, it's not a team, so who's going to break it? Uh, I think we should put it in this week. Yeah, but we're just putting all our eggs into this podcast, and this podcast will end up being 17 hours. Well, no, because um, I've got another interview for next week. Yeah, but that one's not as good. <laughs> it is good. It um, is really good. Anyway. We should pull it in. I don't know. I don't want to blow... I don't yeah. want to put everything into this one podcast. Yeah, let, let's do it. We can't put it into the middle of the questions. Yeah, we can. No, that makes no sense. We'll put, it will be at the end of the podcast. I don't know if you know, but this is our show and we can do whatever we want. Yeah, but I like it to be proper. It is proper. I, I vote next week. Really? Yeah. It's up to you, but I vote next week. Well, if it was up to me, we'd be doing it, wouldn't we? But you're just poo-pooing it. I just think it'll be old news next week. I don't think it will. I think it will. I don't, because no one knows it already, and what's stopping them announcing it before now? Exactly. Okay, I think you're making a terrible mistake. I just think this is going to be it. Now, we've got a podcast next week in the off-season yep. that's actually going to have some exciting news in it. No one's going to announce it. Okay. I'll All message right. Ryder in question, and we'll, and, we'll see, and we'll just tell them not to announce it until podcast next Oh, week. yeah, because I didn't realise you had that much authority. Well, we've got the news, and I'm sure that seeing as we've got the podcast with the team manager, technically, he will clamp down oh. on that. Anyway, we've talked about it too much because now people are going to wonder what the fuck we're talking about. So I guess we're... <laughs> now we look <laughs> So like can dits. we do it my way? <laughs> I guess so. Okay, so can we put... But I don't want to put it in the middle of the questions. Really? This podcast is going to be too long if we have it everywhere. No, it's not. One. It's going to be fine. Can I please introduce it? At the end of the questions, we will put the podcast... Bastard. On. Okay, right. So make sure you've heard it here. Listen to the at the end of the questions. We're going to put an interview in, which I've done the weekend uh, in Assen. You did it. Sorry, I did it the weekend, which is hence reason. Doesn't doesn't um, I write like I speak? Doesn't um, farewell for the uh, podcast? Does it when he says things like that? Anyway, yeah. At Matt Boy, yeah, ninety one. Should Jeffrey Herlins head over to the US for an outdoor season? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? 
It's not got. It's not got anything. He's got nothing to gain there apart from pride. But then who's going to do something like that purely for pride? KTM have got a good team over there, a good team here. It just fucks everything up. And he's been there, seen it, done it. He likes well, his he home as well. Round. Yeah, he's a ho- he's quite a homely person. Yeah, hence why he goes home in between two flyways. Yeah, I mean he's got his he's got his friends and, and everything else. He's 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 happy. Yep, he's, he's happy. Got, Let's leave him in. He's got his Lambo. Is it a Lambo? He's got? Lambo. Yeah. Is Let's it leave- Lambo? Yeah. Oh yeah. Lambo. Um, yeah, he's not going to be able to take that to America. No, he'd probably buy one, but. Okay. Yeah, I think he's happy. I think I don't think we see him. I think he might do the odd race because he wants I to. I don't even think he'll do that now. Because the only reason he did the one in 2017 is because he was out at the championship. Yeah. So, I think he wants to win world titles. Yeah. At Hushdrops on Instagram said, could USA really have reached a podium on Sunday, therefore matching their Saturday third overall? Yes. I think so too. They could have, they sh- they could have and would have been second overall without a crash on that one of the first moto. Yeah. It's no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind, because Cooper would have been amazing, Anderson would have been what he did, and Osborne would have backed them up well with some solid results. Yep. Fish, I, I agree. If you look at it, had Osborne, had Cooper not crashed and got injured, and has Anderson not crashed there as well, then um, the USA potentially could have got to the end of the weekend, dropping Osborne's 13th. But even okay. Anderson's 17th in the first night, it wasn't bad. So it's not, sixth overall isn't a true representation of how they rode, they would have been second. Strongly believe that. They weren't going to beat the Netherlands because no one was going to. But what can you expect? They've got Hurlings cold off of Floundering. That's a good team. Yeah, but definitely, I believe, I agree with you. They would have been a podium if, if not for that incident. Van der Roost on Instagram said, what happens with Lieber now that Roman signed for KRT? Uh, is that not been announced yet? No, but I heard he's joining Jackie Martins. Yeah, it's not been announced, but that's kind of what we're hearing. That's a rumour. Yeah. So I've heard he's joined Jackie Martins' new venture. And Although details are very sketchy at the moment. And Red Bikes? I don't know. I've heard every color bike. No, I think I think the yeah, red but, bikes has been done. Yeah, that's yeah, but that's where the um the turntable has stopped at the moment. But originally it was going to be Kawasaki, when it was going to be Yamaha. So like, I believe it when I see it. Yeah, it seems like a very loose program at the moment. It yeah. doesn't seem like anything's necessarily set in stone. But who knows? I'm sure there'll be an announcement or something soon. Yep. Uh, any idea who be? Is, I mean, let's talk about. I mean, Anstey could pop up there. Vlanderen could pop up there. I heard of a, who the second rider would be. We heard some crazy riders at one stage, didn't we? Did we? Oh, did I not tell you that? Who? Should I not say that one? Well, if it's not, is it not going to happen then? Well, you I said don't... at one stage. Well, Malfoy to me, and I'll tell you if it's going to happen because I think I know who the second rider is now. Uh... Malfoy to me, and I'll tell you. Oh, that's no, don't say that because that was just a pine. That, that was never going to happen. No, don't oh, say that. No, there was there was yeah, a conversation. Yeah, but let's be honest. It was never a. It was never going to happen. B. That rider's under contract of another team, so you really can't say that. Right. Okay. But I've heard that I've heard who I thought the second rider was going to be a fairly good rider. Yeah. Who is stepping up to the MXGP class? But I'm now hearing it's someone else. So I'm very confused because it, which goes along with what I said with the program being very um, up in the air at the moment. Yeah. Julian Massey on Instagram said, "Did Nathan Watson run a factory KTM engine similar to Prado and Herlins?" We answered that. Yeah. I don't know why I put it in. Yep, but uh, for those who may have missed it, maybe they just, I don't know, fast-forwarded or whatever. I what, decided to fast-forward the podcast to run start halfway through. Never know. But um, yes, it was a factory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but a longer swing arm. Yep. Uh, at edward.g05 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Why was Eli Tomac not chosen for the USA? Uh, he, I don't know, a, I don't know how you missed this. But he was chosen, he was asked, and what, Kawasaki... Yeah, it was Kawasaki's decision to not send him or Cincerello. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, yeah. what can you do? Although I strongly believe that Tomac didn't want to go anyway. I strongly believe that Cincerello wanted to go, and I strongly believe that Tomac didn't. Okay. At Diego.Classons. Hey, Diego. Did I miss Did I, did I miss? No, that's, that? I think that was good. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, which was the best looking gear set at EMXON? Oh, we've got to see Yoko. You know what confused me? What? And I, I, I think I know the answer to this. The entire Lithuanian team and the entire Latvian team were wearing Yoko. So I guess that the other two riders on both of those teams just didn't have a gear contract and were Maybe. therefore able to wear the custom stuff that Jonas and... Yeah. Maybe put... Diego could tell us. Well, that's what I mean. I feel, I feel like we're going to get the question. We're gonna... But yeah. they're not, obviously... I guess they just didn't have gear contracts. It did look good, though. Oh, yeah. I did like the kit. Yeah, I liked... Uh, I think I preferred, preferred the Lithuanian stuff to the Latvian stuff. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I'm on my own here, but I wasn't too keen on Geyser's gear. Should I say that? I don't understand why it's green. I don't understand why that's green, and I don't understand why Belgium were just mainly like uh, light blue. I meant to text Strybos and ask him, but I forgot. Yeah, I um, yeah, I wasn't. Like they're the red knights, and they've got light blue gear. How's that work? Yeah, I'm not like, are we just picking colours now? I'm not sure. Yeah. Someone told me that Slovenia has green because there's a lot of mountains in that country. Okay, that's what I was told. Because someone said, "Oh yeah, blah blah blah, uh, blah blah blah." Uh, yes, apparently uh, they asked Geyser, and. The reason why the Slovenia have gone with the green pattern is because there's a lot of mountains in their country. Okay. So what was your favourite kit? Or what kits did I... So we I, liked, I liked Jazakonis' Lithuanian stuff. Yeah. Or Yoko stuff. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Jonas because I, I spent quite a bit of time watching Jonas weekend. No, I preferred, I preferred Jazakonis' to Jonas's. What other gear? I thought Osborne's fly stuff was quite nice. Yeah. Uh, I didn't particularly like any of the GB stuff. Hurlin's Alpine Stars kit was really nice. Yeah. Vlandron's Fox gear was quite good as well. Jeremy's Seaware. Oh, yeah, that was nice. That the was Alpine good. Stars gear there. Yeah. Yeah. That An was interesting good. Alpine Stars. Uh, Prado's Alpine Stars kit was quite good as well. And Alpine Stars gear, sorry, Alpine gear. Answer and Alpine Stars have got the 2020, was it LE Nations boots out? Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, if you haven't checked those out, definitely check those out from our friends over at Alpine Stars. Cool. At jan.hbr is Simon Langenfelder. Yeah. The second Ken Roxon. I would have laughed at that question before the weekend, but now I don't know because he seriously impressed me. Seriously impressed me. Wow. So, I, I mean, the second Ken Roxon's a bit far, but he's definitely got to be Germany's next big hope. Okay. So, I was impressed. Very impressed. I was Regan Duffy level impressed. Actually, maybe not because Regan Duffy blew my socks off. Yeah, Duffy looked really oh, good. And leading into the next question from Henry Ellsworthy, which rider were you most impressed with? We kind of did that at the start as well. Yeah, so should we go over that again? Uh, no, unless there's anyone we didn't mention. Um, Although I feel like at this point we've mentioned everyone. Yeah, I think we've, we've mentioned a lot of people, but Hacken. Yeah, mentioned him. Duffy. Yeah, mentioned him. And Webster. <laughs> mentioned him. Yeah, and then there is the, the people who... who Ferris was better than I expected. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Jonas was... I was really impressed with Jonas. Uh, at jlil101 on Instagram said, do we call upon Nathan Watson again at Erne sh- after he showed how much speed he has? Uh, I wouldn't have thought Erne would lend itself to no. sand. Even when he was an MXGP rider, he was always a be stronger sand rider to a hard pack rider. And you've got to think next year, Wilson will throw his hat back into the ring. So as well as Max, Tommy, Simpson, Ben, Adam, Comrade, You've got Wilson as well. I'd imagine that Nathan would be the eighth pick behind those seven riders. One thing I would, I was going to ask you actually on the on the back of that, how many teams have kind of 
sort of done some digging on Duffy this weekend, after this weekend. From what I hear, Duffy doesn't want to come to Europe next year because he's only 17, but he wants to come in 2021. Okay. But, it's, but after a performance like that, there's going to be a few people who... trying to persuade him to come earlier. But then a lot of deals are done at this point. No, no, no. So, I know. But um, I'm sure that he's been put on quite a few people's. How much do you want to bet he ends up at 114 in uh, 2021? Maybe, yeah. Because 114 seems to just be like a house for Australians. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Livia's liking the, although, the, the whole Australian um, rider situation. Although, yep. as far as I know, if H- HRC don't know if they're going to do an MX2 team yet, as far as factory. Mm-hmm. And if they randomly decide that they're going to do it now, it's kind of slim pickings as far as riders go. Yeah. So could Regan kind of slot in there at the last minute? Although, do you look at it, are you sceptical? Because at the end of the day, he was riding a 450 at the Nations. Mm. So although that isn't what he, you'd think, he'd be better on a 250 because that's what he's ridden all year. But how do you know? You don't. So a couple of thoughts there. But I'm sure they'll probably, I'm sure he'll be invited for a few tests, especially for HRC. At wonderful Juan. Wonderful Juan. 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 Uh, said MXO1, MXON 2021 location. Mm. At the moment, the rumours are that it'll be Majora. That's the rumours. I don't think anything's confirmed. I think it depends on a lot of things, but that's what the paddock gossip is. When are we heading back to America? I don't know. I, don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do that in 2022. I hope so. I hope so. I think it's just fair that every four years or three years it... Yeah, I feel like 2021 would have been too soon. Yeah. But 2022 is long enough. And what about Australian nations? That would be cool. I think that's a risk. Why? Are you going to get Estonia to Australia? Are you going to get Croatia to Australia? Are you going to get Poland to Australia? Are you going to get... How the hell are Britain going to manage to go to Australia? Well, you get on a plane. Yeah, but they were... <laughs> thank you. I was aware of the logistics side. But they, <laughs> they were already running like countless fundraisers. Countless... But- what we countless fund fuck raisers. countless fundraisers to get to um America, let alone Australia. Okay, so so that's not going to happen. I can't see it, and it's a risk from the fans' point of view as well because how many like run it in America, and a lot of European fans can afford to uh, just jump over to America for a weekend. I Australia, think, eh? I think for me it's maybe you know I, I don't know how many this is since twenty six, twelve, thirteen. Oh. Nations have been to over the past oh, 13 years or whatever. But um, it seems to be coming around to the same few places. And I guess that's for logistical reasons. No, I don't and, think logistical reasons. I just think it's on what works. Yeah, it does. And, but are you not bored of doing no, the same thing? the Nations could be running a car park in an oval dirt track. Well, it kind of was a weekend. No, it could be run on an oval dirt track somewhere where the track is just marked out by two cones. And I would still get hyped up because it's the Nations. Yeah, I fucking love the Nations. There's right. nothing. I, do you know what? I might, I might actually take a year off next year. Why? And get drunk. Oh. Oh, you mean go to the Nations? Go to the Nations, but I, I might just, just get drunk. I thought you meant just take a year off as in like ignore the Nations is happening. No, I might do Wes Williams. Wes Williams in 16. He kind of just thought, do you know what? Fuck it. And he went in the crowd and got drunk. Oh. I, I, you know, I, have, I haven't done that for, I don't know, a few years. I need to do it. At Snowy818. Said, yep. oh, I've put a lot of questions in. <laughs> um, thoughts on the young Aussies, likelihood that Duffy could pick up an MX2 ride or, or Webster in MXGP as he's already 23. I didn't know Webster was 23. Did you not? I, I even knew that. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't bother looking up that up. Yeah, he's aged out. Oh, that's kind of a. Yeah, the only reason I knew that is because I did actually say to Livia Lancelot, I said, uh, What do you think about these guys? Are you taking either of them? She has got two Australians signed for next year. Not those two. No, not those two. Mm hmm. I don't actually know who they were, but their names have completely forgot, like, escaped me now. 
Google. Um, I don't think it's snakes yet either. Oh, oh yeah. So probably don't. Uh, but why the names have gone completely? Yeah, but probably don't mention it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, how many spectators uh, attended DMXON? Asked at Jew Fifty V. Seventy four thousand. Seventy four. That was the official figure. Which is less than the thirty thousand tickets they sold. I thought they sold thirty thousand tickets, and then the the whole thing is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. No, you. That's what. Like, who knows how they did foundations and stuff? Well, that's that's okay. Seventy four thousand. I thought they sold thirty thousand. The tickets. official crowd attendance was seventy four thousand. Okay. But I thought I'm confused because I thought there was only twenty thousand in the seats. Who told in the you stadium. That? What you thought there was only twenty thousand seats there? Yeah, there's not more than twenty thousand. No, I think there's more than that. Really? Yeah. Have you seen how big those grandstands are? Yeah, not that fucking big. Yeah, they go for miles. Compare them to a football stadium. I'd say there's half multiple tiers. I'd say there's half a football stadium there. Bearing in mind, I've never been to a football stadium. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah. Okay. Right. Next question. At Bert E V L B. Did you see V? Yeah, that's what it's got in there. Why and V? At Bertie VBL. All right, you just say the um, question. With the MXON being in early next year, do you guys think that the FFM actually select the best French riders? I have a feeling that Gautier Paulam will always be on the rider list, no matter what. In the videos they, they made, you could see their disappointment at not winning the thing, like they actually felt they could pull it off with this team. I think... I can't see a U-turn over Marvin, and I can't... I can't see a U-turn over Vial. Marvin, but I can see Vial. Really? Yeah. But then if I have... Yeah, I could. I don't think. I don't think the Marvin thing's ever going to happen now. No, but um, I could see it working out for VL. Yeah, but do you think Frandis be back next year? Uh, I don't know because I think he might go four fifties in twenty twenty one. Yeah, which would mean that if he did that, if he came to Erne, he would be taking a chunk out of his off season prep time. Unless he rode a four fifty and spending an extra month on a two fifty, which unless he rode a four fifty. Yeah, but they've got Paul Anna Fevra, so mm-hmm. and Mark, like so. Yeah. But and the whole thing with Marvin is that he chose not to go one year and they felt like betrayed by that. Ferrandis chose not to go this year. So is Ferrandis now on the blacklist? Who knows? Is that a blacklist? Is that a thing? Yeah. 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 Who knows? But um I wanted to talk more about this. Yeah. Because interestingly, the FFM now own Erne. Yeah. Which they never did before. So before it was just an independent club track thing. And then uh what there was rain twenty around twenty seventeen, maybe? There was a lot of rain and it damaged like one of the bridges at the tracks and everything. And the club was, uh, the Erne club was basically in financial Trouble. ruin, yep. as far as I could tell. So the FFM bought the track. So Standing it's now it. under, yeah, which is quite clever slash impressive. No, it's very, it's, it was sensible. If, if, you, if you own the tracks yeah. and you're able to, to um, do it yourself. Then... And tickets for Erne are now open, no? yep. uh, now being sold. Yeah, they were on sale the weekend. Yep. And also it sounds like they've got 1,200 employees working on the like French the club the FFM yep. have tw- going to have 1200 employees uh, preparing Erne for the nations yep. not sure what all those people are going to do um, but I guess it soon adds up when you look at the people who need to put fences up prep the track sell tickets I guess that includes people who will be working in an office and yeah. all of that so but yeah just a little tidbit that I thought was uh, interesting because okay. who would like no, no one would really know that um no, the fr- you you got to applaud the French Federation for for the for the work they do. Oh, also, uh, they have big plans to change the track completely compared to the previous nations. Okay, that'd be good. So it won't look anything like it did before. That'd be good. Well, 
it'll look similar because it's on the same hillside, but it'll be yeah. very different. But a different track yeah. layout. At Green Zeka Green, Ezekiel Green asked, I don't even know. I, I, <laughs> you're just ma- you're literally just making up words now. No. Um, asked, could the Netherlands have won the MXON with a team of Bogers, Vassen, and Van der Moustik? Moustik. No. I don't know. 47 points for a second. A lot of points. Yeah, but hang on. Did he just say win? I presume that they meant, I presume they mean if you take the current, if you take Herlins, Vlanderin, and Koldenoff out of the equation, could they have won with those three riders instead? Not, yeah, I, not could those three riders have beaten the current Netherlands team? No, I, I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have. Won. I think they would have had a shout. They wouldn't have been a dominant. And if they won, they would have um, edged it out by a couple of points. But I don't think you can rule it out. Okay. I mean, Bogus would have ridden around and did all right. Moose would have carried them. And Vassen's decent. I guess yeah. the biggest problem there is one of the two 250 guys has got to go on a 450. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think that's, that's an interesting old question. It's a good question. I just don't think, based on, on what I've seen this year, I don't, I don't think... Bassam was good before he got injured. No, he was. I'm not, and they're, they're all good. I'm not debating that. I'm just saying, were well, they good enough to win at the Nations? True. I don't... Uh, and I respect them, and they're, they're, they're great. However, I don't think that... Bassam's really good. 2020, I'm very yeah. excited about Bassam. We are very excited, I know. But, um, yeah, I don't think they've, those three would, would have won the Nations. At AS Claudio 10... Uh, do Vlanderin, Anstey, and Sterry have a team for next year? Uh, Vlanderin's close to signing a deal. I thought he was going to go to a team, but it now sounds like he's going to a different team, and I don't know what that team would be because I don't know what options are out there. But it sound, he, he's confident he's close to signing a deal. That's good. Uh, Sterry was hoping to sign a contract at the Nations, and from what I hear, didn't sign it yet for whatever reason. Okay. But it sounds like the deal's going to be done, so I think he's set with a team for next year. Yep. Uh, Anstey is the in the worst position out of those three because he's just not really... He's waiting on a couple of things in America uh, and then, yeah, he's just kind of playing the waiting game at the moment. He isn't necessarily on the verge of signing a deal like the other two. The only thing that he's going to be signing is his name on the marriage certificate at the moment. Yes. Yeah. At Troy Mahoney uh, asked, are some riders disadvantaged by the different bike specs of their home countries and or sponsorship deals? Some riders disadvantaged by the different bike specs of their home countries and or sponsorship deals. Um, I think the majority of people will run the nations what they've run throughout the season. I don't know yeah, most many people, people. I mean, you've just picked up on the Yoko deal and we'd have to find out from Diego. What no, no, deal no, no. He's talking about, wait, you're talking about sponsorship deals or bike specs? Bike specs. Yeah. Yeah, there's not many. I think people would be running the same bikes as what they run in GPs. No, he's more talking about. I think they're more talking about. No, not not GP riders. More talking about like production rule in America and things like that. Oh, that's above my pay grade. I, I was, I was, I was surprised. Hey, when you just, do you know what that noise is? That's me tapping out. When you, when crack, you, crack on, Lewis. When you jumped in to answer that question, yeah. I was like, does he realise what he's talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, I'm just. I've got my feet up on the other chair. I'm just going to let you speak. I'm um, just going to switch off. I checked my phone actually. At the end of the day. Countries like America with uh, limitations that you don't have in GPs can come here, run their setup that they're used to, or potentially improve on that. If it went the other way, and um, like say the Nations was run using the AMA spec rules, and the GP riders went there with their setup and couldn't use that, so had to minimize it to um, kind of, not minimize it, if they had to kind of dial down and put limitations on their current GP setup to race the nations, then that would obviously be a big disadvantage. 
but I don't think it's as big a disadvantage going the other way because at the end of the day, like Americans can run what they know and what they like. And if they want, they can explore and add a few things that are typically not allowed to improve their setup. So I think that makes it okay. And sponsorship deals is an interesting one because I, I know the Austri- Australian team, uh, one of their heavy sponsors of getting a team over here was, I want to say MX Zone, but I don't think it was that. An Aust- it's an Australian shop. Nope, I have no oh, ideas. It's MX something. Right, uh, yeah. Okay, we'll just kind of explain without actually naming Oh, it's basically... Oh, MX Store. That's what it's called. MX Store. So that's a... It's a team that basically was the title sponsor of... I said not a team, it's a, a shop that was basically the title sponsor of Australia's MXON effort. Very good. So, And I know there was a potentially some conflict with other riders being sponsored by shops elsewhere in the world. Yeah. And there's obviously a bit of a conflict of interest in there. So things yeah. like that do come into it. But I could understand that. Yeah. So there's just some thoughts on that question for you there. Oh, solo, because I didn't get much help. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to help you on that one. We've got, I didn't realize how many questions I copied over. We've still got nine to go. Come on then. Okay. Uh, with the announcement of Fefra coming out today, that being yesterday, yep. do you actually think Kawasaki are capable of breaking up the Red Bull KTM dominance next season? No. No? No. No, I'd like them to, though, because I'd, I like... I feel like... Fev- oh, definitely. 100%. We've, we talked about the top seven riders. Oh, no, but who- I'm more saying I feel like is a good personality to have winning races. I th- I, I've got a sneaky suspicion he's going to be very good on that bike. Well, he's getting a late start with his broken femur, so that's not good. Yeah. After that, though, I think he's going to be good. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't see how anyone's going to break up. Break up the Red Bull KGM dominance with maybe the occasional second place and the occasional moto win might sure but then i still can't i can't sit here and say that fevra is definitely going to win motos and beat out prado herlins and caroli i i think um the best bet for for the other manufacturers is to try and sign herlins when his contract's up i think that's the only way that they're going to break out that domination true that and his contract's up next year at the end of next year i think um who are you betting on he'll be ktm for life do you reckon yeah I'm going to delete that question because we've already done it. At Jack L. Hyde. Okay, yeah, I recognize that name. This question hurts me. Oh. Hurts me deeply. Oh, wow. You have two options. Oh, someone's. Is this a burning house one? Nope. You have two options. Either have the MXO in annually in the middle of the season or every other year at the end of the season. Which one do you prefer and why? Ooh. I don't want either. <laughs> No, I kind of like it like it is. <laughs> if they ever decide to move the MXO into every other year, which I don't think they will, but that's what people have been saying, it would actually hurt me. Can you imagine getting to the end of the season and not having a Nations? And it'd be no good for America if you had it for the middle of the year because then it messes they'd be going Supercross into outdoors and so on. So Yeah, and the middle of the season, it wouldn't have the hype and everything because it just wouldn't work and, and then not only would you have rumors about like americans being disinterested and stuff you also have hurling sat there going well i'm leading the gps by 50 points why the hell am i going there to risk everything but do you know what in answer to that question and it's a good question i would definitely go with every two years because you've got the european uh the euro euros and you've got the world cup which runs every four years so um what you could do is have a european of nations and also an mx of nations to give oh. america and other countries a, a year off no, I don't like that either. I'm not going to. Well, I, I want I, I know, Listen, I know you're not going to like it, but that's an answer to that question. Okay. 
I, I would go with and I would go with every other year at the end of the season purely because I think the middle of the season would be terrible. Yeah, me too. And at least having it at the end of the season every other year means that you're maintaining the prestige and mystique of yeah. the event. But I don't like either of those. And it hurts me that I had to pick one. Okay. I don't yeah. want change. Give yeah. me the nations every year. Give me Team USA every year and we, I'm happy. Listen, we know you don't like change. We also know that you don't like bananas. At, or you don't like your hamburger with any salad in. It's just burger, cheese, and the bun. At Clutzy. No potato okay. skins on your fries as well. At Clutzy said, did Lewis's pristine white trainers make it through the whole weekend? Did they? A lot of comments about my trainers on my Instagram. Really? Well, they are shining a bit more than I do in person in my photo. Oh, okay. Is that a good filter? I don't know. But... um. Yes, I did make it through the weekend because we were concrete, which is why I wore them, because I knew I wouldn't be touching any mud. Therefore, all I would have to deal with is a bit of water, and they were safe. Wasn't just a bit, though, was it? No, but, I mean, you can walk a pavement anyway, can't you? Yeah. But, you but spent, that, was a, that was a tactical... You spent most of the weekend in um, Monster VIP, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That was a tactical decision, knowing that I wouldn't be walking around in muddy pits. Yeah. Smart. Got to know what you're getting yourself into. Okay. Thanks for that. And a class question. Was the only reason that you've got white trainers is because Sean's bought white, white trainers? No, white trainers are a popular thing global, uh, worldwide. Oh, it's just because you were laughing. Uh, a big smile came on your face well, when I mentioned that Sean went with white trainers first. Okay. I don't think anyone knows what you're talking about. Well, I think they do. No one even knows Sean Simpson? Uh, Sean Ogden. Oh. Uh, the MX Vice videographer. Okay. At Phil G. Hi, Phil. Said, while you were at Assen, we drove past Leroc and the advertising boards are back up and there was a marquee and machinery on it. What chances are there of it being on a calendar again? Oh, I love Leroc. If there was one GP, I could bring back it with that. As far as I know, they did run like an onk race there recently. An onk race? Yeah, the Dutch thing, you know. Yeah, they did run something there recently, which was the first time in a while as far They're as I know. They're not playing at ONK. <laughs> but yes, I believe they do. <laughs> 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 uh, no, yeah, so there was an onk race. Um, or ONK. <laughs> or whatever you prefer. Other pronunciations are available. Um, they did have that there. So that's a sign of life. I wish I could remember because I, I only went there once and oh. it was for the 2004 Nations. I was there and when I Simpson I, won. Okay, brilliant. But I wish I could remember what the whole paddock, pits, parking situation was like. Because if there's a room for all of that stuff still, then why not? I haven't heard a single rumour about MXGP going back there. No, oh, it's such a great track. So I I'd really hope I'd so. imagine there's a lot. I'd imagine that if they're, if they're running local races again, it's because they're limited to X amount of riders. They don't use a tannoy system. There aren't many fans there and all things like that. You've got to think about it. Add in uh, a field of 450s, best riders in the world, as well as 30,000 fans with air horns and then all the par- cars going in and everything. I'm sure that will ju- just uh, uh, drag up all of the issues that they ran into previously. But we thought Majora was dead and buried after the issues they ran into with the government, and they're back, so and they are who back. knows? And if you want to talk about a track that's, not, that's in a kind of sticky position as far as logistics go, there isn't one better than Majora, because those pits are tiny, there isn't really any parking for anyone, and it's all a bit of a mess as far as that goes. But they cram everyone in there because of the track, so... Maybe we can do something similar with Lira. There we go. No, I haven't heard any rumours or anything. No, but let's start that. some. 
Four more questions. Let's start so I regret, make it happen. I hope, I'm bo- I hope we haven't bored people because I regret picking this many questions now. We okay, and remember, um, after these questions, we are going to listen to... See, I told to, you, long, interview, long podcast. We're going to listen to our interview with uh, Aaron Nixon from Monster Energy. Okay. Daniel Smith. Next year looks to be the most competitive season with both classes stacked with talent. Can you see any rider, any rider able to dominate in either class? No. I think we're going to have one of the most open championships ever in 2020 in MXGP. I think MX... And also MX2. I think MX2 will be open and no one's going to dominate. Uh, MXGP, Hurlins could and I, probably will dominate. It may be, but I think, I think next year is going to be the first year that is going to be open in both classes. It's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, Hurlins is so good, but I'll have to be proved otherwise before I can sit here and say that he's not sure. going to be the... Yeah, and look how I got it. Look how correct I got it this year by Paul Ann winning a race. Yes, great work. So um, I'm brilliant with this sort of stuff. So yeah. I think he's had one moto, he had one moto podium in the last five months. So listen to me, because yeah. I know what I'm talking about. And you called me crazy. Yeah. I don't think he even finished second in a race, let alone well, winning one. Well, I did have Sweden as fifth, so I think this year I might just retire okay. and go out on top. Brilliant. At Jordan Earl, who's your favourite for the MX2 title next year? Think Bial can be consistent enough? Question mark. How good is his new teammate? And do you think Muse has a good chance? Do you know what? Again, it's open. I mean, I, I like Bial. He could do well. He could win. Um, I think Vassen, who you mentioned, I think he's going to be um, top four, top five. Watson um, is going to be in his last year. Watson, Olsen, Gertz. Renault, Barami. Van Moosdijk. Harrop. Harrop. Pooches. Did we mention Olsen? Yeah. Olsen. Um, Jeb, Jeb Beaton. Jeb Beaton. Let's not forget Jeb Beaton. The three Australians who are coming over, two for two for 114 and one for DRT. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, uh, how good is... Uh, Vial will be my early season favourite for this... My, my pre-season favourite for the MX2 title. Yeah. Um, well, what about Hoffer? Hoffer is very good. He was really impressive at the Nations and won could, the could, Ricky Carmichael Award. Could we see him doing what Vial done this year? I don't see why not. Uh, I think that might be a bit of a stretch, but I think he'll be good and oh, on the come podium. On. I come think, on. I think he'll be good and on the podium multiple times, but maybe not until the end of the season. Mm, okay, I, I would disagree. What? Well, that's kind of what Vial did. He was good and on the podium multiple times. Yeah, but I think he'll do that from the get-go. Okay. I think he'll do that from Argentina. Okay. Which isn't the first round, so you just think he's going to do it from the second round. Yeah, okay, maybe brilliant. second, yeah. <laughs> um, two more, two more. Uh, Tom Smith on Facebook. When's the Matterly Basin GP returning? Well, could it be next year? There's a new calendar coming out in two weeks. I'm going to put money on it. 50, 50 euros? I hear it's next year. It's back. 50 euros? In fact, right now I feel fairly confident in sitting here and saying it'll be back in 2020. Have you spoke to Steve? No. Okay, maybe reach out. You will find, well, no, it's not official, so no one's going to tell us anything, but I've spoken to enough people to know that it sounds like it's back. Okay. Which technically means it never went anywhere. No. Um, so all that kerfuffle. Yeah. Ah, what'd be interesting is will all the people that moaned about, oh my God, da 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 da, are they now going to go and buy a ticket? They better. Are they fuck? They better. Yeah, are they fuck? Final question. Yep. Ryan Maestonio. You're just making these names <laughs> up, aren't you? Uh, is this because I've done like the last no. three or four weeks like having <laughs> no, emeroids no, and no, no, fill no. my cock and all the rest of it? No. Prado has basically been flawless through his career. Is he better now? Are you I... sending in these questions? No. Okay. Why would I be sending in these questions? I don't know. You know what? I'll admit 
I'll admit to this. Oh, what? You sent one in? No. Back in the day when we first started MX Vice and we had the magazine and stuff, yeah. I would sometimes write questions because we were so small that we didn't get enough. Yeah. So now that I think about it, you just saying that's brought it back to me. Now thinking about it, but well, I've just had to sift through 70 questions for the podcast. And actually quite cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Because there was once a time when we couldn't get anyone. Yeah. Could, but now we're... No one gave a shit. Now people like us. Well, uh, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. No, I think they think I'm okay and you're a bit of a knob. Well, Prado has basically been flawless through his career. Is he better now than Herlin's Crowley were at the same age? How many years does the bullet have before Prado reigns supreme? Oh, I cannot wait for the battle next year. Is he better than... Well, we let's look at when Herlin's went 450. He struggled. Well, this is Prado's third year in MX2. But yeah, third full year in MX2 this was. And he won the title. Herlin's third full year in MX2 was 2012. When he was 16? And he won the title. Is he 16? Who? Herlin's at the time, when he won the title. I don't know. But Herlin, Prado's just... In, in, her, in, Prado, in Prado's third full season, he's just won his second title. In Herlin's third full season in MX2, he won his first. But then the year before Herlin's third season, which would have been his second season in MX2, he had to go up against Ken Roxon. So he faced stiffer competition at that age than Prado did last year. Who, who's Ken Roxon? Funny. That was a joke. What a oh, funny guy. God. You actually were... No. Uh, and okay. So is he better now than Herlin's Crowley were at that same age? I don't think he's better. I think he's the same. Yeah. Um, and how many years does the bullet have before he reigns supreme? I'm going to say a while. I think even if Prado eventually gets to his level and matches him, uh, it'll be a while before Herlin's is actually dethroned completely and battling for second place. Agree or disagree? Agree. Oh. Agree, but at the same time, you cannot, cannot rule out the talent of Prado. Like that, that, that kid, just like the, the people you've mentioned, Roxon and Herlin's, has the, has the potential to... I think he, it's down to him. It's down to Prado. Okay. That was it. Cool. That's tiring. Right. So now we're going to listen to um, the podcast on the weekend with Aaron Nixon from Monster Energy. And I, what's Aaron Nixon's position at Monster Energy out of interest? Uh, I keep forgetting his um, position as in Monster. Is it in the podcast? It's a very important. Yeah, it's, ah. it's in the podcast. I keep thinking, I want to say athlete manager, but it's not. It's, it's more than athlete manager because he, he has to do so much, you know, so much other stuff as well. So um, he does work with the athletes. Uh, he does work a lot with the marketing. And, you know, we, we, we talk to him about videos and bits and pieces as well. So um, he is like the glue. He's the glue of Monster US in the pits in, in around. So good guy. And an Irish lad that ended up in America, believe it or not. Oh, well, I look forward to listening to this. Okay, so uh, enjoy, guys. There's a little, little, uh, some little information in there, which I think will get people excited. Are we coming back after this or are we done with the show? I think we're done. Should we do, should we do done? done? I don't know. We, yeah. haven't, we haven't talked about Fevra, Bogers. Next week. A bit late, isn't it? Or are we done? We're done next week. Next week's I good. I feel like this was just a bit of an abrupt end. I wasn't really prepared for this. Okay, we'll say bye to everybody. Are we done? Wait, I'm trying to think if there's anything really important. No, we're definitely done. We're definitely done. Yeah. We're definitely... No one wants to listen to us babble on for ages. Okay. Let's just give them the interview and then next week we'll be back with another... You know, another show. We've got another, another couple of uh, interesting podcasts and um, we, can, we can talk stuff. Okay, I guess we're done then. Okay, let's do it. All right, bye everybody. Thank you. See you. See you next week. The MX5 Show. I'm James Burfield. Welcome to the MX5 Podcast. I'm here with Aaron Nixon from Monster Energy. Thanks for joining me. 
No worries. Glad to be here. And uh, for those that don't, don't know you, Aaron, um, what do you do for Monster Energy? Uh, I am our motorsport manager for uh, the United States. So just manage our Supercross program, motocross program, freestyle motocross. Uh, yeah, anything with two wheels that goes in the dirt usually comes, comes across my desk at some point. So uh, for those, uh, there's a little bit of background noise because we're in the, uh, the Monster VIP uh, Center and uh, I'm obviously from the West Country in uh, <laughs> happens from Ireland so we're going to uh, actually put a tra- we're going to transcribe this podcast so everybody can understand us it's coming out in a three part book later <laughs> this year <laughs> just the part of the uh, dodgy accent uh, dodgy accent podcast book so, so the first thing I'm going to ask you is you actually ride as well so you're, you're from a motocross background you I've used that phrase very lightly uh, <laughs> I've been known to pot around the vet track here and there uh, yeah, I got into riding quite late. We didn't have a whole lot of money growing up, so I didn't get my first motocross bike until I was 17, yeah. um, which was an MTX 125, which I actually never found out who made that bike. <laughs> Possibly a Honda. I heard rumors Yamaha was the one, but uh, yeah, I actually bought it for 100 pounds from some travelers and uh, yeah I rode that thing for a while and then the cops took the guardy took it off me um, but yeah no since I'm since I've been in the States uh, I've had the luxury of riding some some far better equipment there yeah so I get a, I get around a bit to a couple of races here and there but yeah it's purely for fun there's no uh, yeah no I'm pretty bad yeah. <laughs> but you looked good I seen the kit and I seen My, the bike <laughs> mate you looked good I look fantastic yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. I figured yeah. if I can't go good I better look good so yeah. have to I, take I, one box interestingly I can completely relate to that and I spend a lot of time and money on, on, on looking good but probably yeah. not riding as well well you know as a short bald Irish man in my, in my early 30s I need to take all the breaks I can get so if I can put a fancy looking helmet and some gear on I'll do it you know wait till you hit your mid 40s buddy and looking like this yeah I'm waiting for my wife to leave me here but I've got a great hat collection so I'm doing alright one thing I was going to ask you is how did, how did you end up in America um, so I worked for Monster in Ireland when they launched um, kind of managing or I originally started in the sampling team and um, kind of worked my way around a little bit ended up running the marketing program for Ireland for a year and then Monster really just exploded in Europe in the first couple of years so there were a lot of positions opened up um, across Europe and moved over to a few of those and um, worked on the MXGP program for a couple of years there and then my wife is American and we kind of decided to go to sunnier sunnier weather really uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah we moved out to the states in 2014 and was lucky enough to uh, have a job in the motorsport department and um, yeah in, in California so I've been there ever since that's cool so um what, so your typical, uh, what, what does your job entail? So obviously I know some of the riders that you work with, but what, do you, what sort of support do you provide them? Um, to be honest, I'm just a kind of a high five guy. <laughs> After the months, once the contracts are done, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of on cruise control now. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go out and hold a pit board and give them advice on line choice and like uh, how it, to get yeah. through the whoops better. Yeah. Um, no, I, I manage contract or like we'll work on contracts and picking up riders and branding and all that kind of 
the, the boring stuff. Yeah. Um, that takes up most of our time. Invoicing, accounting, chasing up, uh, chasing up invoices, and, and you're not selling this job. <laughs> it's, look on Instagram, it looks fantastic. Uh, my nine to five Monday to Friday isn't so glamorous, but no, it's just look. There's a lot of behind the scenes goes on, and it's funny. Everybody thinks we have the life of luxury. We show up to the races, and we're kind of hanging around, high five, and but uh, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the grafting gets done kind of back in the office. Uh, nine to five Monday to Friday kind of thing so and then we're, we're constantly on different time zones so yeah sleep can be cannot you got to find sleep wherever you can yeah 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 I actually had a kip earlier on in one of the motorhomes so that was good <laughs> nice. yeah take it where you can get it nice so I know one of the riders and I, I don't know if we can talk about this or how much we can talk about it but I know that uh, you're kind of behind a, a program for, for Darian tonight. yeah so um I've worked with Darian since he was a younger uh, rider and I've always um, just admired his work ethic and his, his ability on a bike. I think he came up, uh, didn't get a lot of breaks uh, in his early half of his career. So we kind of just really believe, at the time believed in him and we still do. So we've kind of just tried to help him wherever we could. But um, yeah, the kid, he's he does it all himself. Like doesn't get a lot of help but he just puts in the work and I don't think he's um, shown his full potential or been able to show his full potential yet so yeah we've um, been working on a couple of things for him and he's kind of come back and race West Coast Supercross in 2020 so Anaheim 1 will be his uh, his first Supercross race in the States and he'll be on a Monster Energy Kawasaki again so that'll be great he's been on Kawasaki's his whole career and yeah, so really excited for that. I think he's going to surprise some people, and um, yeah, should be good. So uh, that's cool because we can confirm that he's going to be in West Coast Supercross, Anaheim one. He's yeah. going to be kind of a private privateer. A hundred percent, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're not talking. He's going to be rocking up in a in a two hundred thousand pound motorhome <laughs> or anything. He's uh... not unless he wins the Euro Millions between now and then. <laughs> no, I think he'll be rocking up in a ninety two Honda Civic, and we'll be putting the the front wheel on the bike when we get it out of the boot. But nice. Uh, no, yeah, he's going to be full privateer um, status, which would be difficult. You know, it's not it's not. Uh, it's not easy for those guys, especially when you're you're going up against the factory boys and suspension motors, bikes. Just actually having the team there, the you know motor technician, yeah. mapping, suspension, all those things that come with the team. Um, yeah, you won't have any of that. So hopefully he can uh, put the graft in between now and December and just show up ready to ready to give it all. That's cool. So, is it is the best way of describing this kind of what Dean Wilson done last year? Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, uh, that's kind of the goal he's looking for. He wants to have some kind of presence in the pits, you know, like he's going to have a little hospitality thing, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, that's the goal is to show what he can do on Supercross and, and land on a factory ride. So we could be seeing you in the pits, putting out the banners, the pop-ups. Yeah, I'll be sweeping the floor. Yeah, driving <laughs> the truck, giving him his sandwich and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, so that's, is that, that's kind of like, uh, you work for Monster, but that's kind of beyond the Call of Duty kind of thing. Look, I've just, um, it's definitely beyond the Call of Duty, but he is, yeah, I've just had a really good relationship with him since, yeah, for a couple of years, a few years now. And uh, 
I just admire his work ethic and his attitude, and I really think that uh, he's just a deserving kid. You know, he's never asked for anything. He's, he kind of just gets his head down and does his work, and I admire that. Um, you get a lot of people who uh, talk the talk but don't necessarily walk the walk, especially in California. But um, So it's good to see him just kind of get his head down and dig through the trenches. There's not many kids can come from America on their own, you know, like his, nobody came with him to, to Europe, you know, like his dad, no one, no one came with him. So um, He just landed at Bud's door and yeah, there we go. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. He just kind of came over one-way ticket on his own and, and figured it out. And it's hard, you know, people give him a hard time for his, his results or his lack of results. But um, I think he, in his, yeah, his EMX year, you know, he was winning races and he finished second in the championship overall that year with a couple of motor malfunctions. So... I think, um, yeah, like he had a couple of rough years after that, but I think his true potential is, is there and uh, hopefully we'll get to see it in uh, under the lights. Well, I think this year we, we had glimpses of he could run that pace. The problem yeah. was the Epstein-Barr virus literally yeah. took his toll. Yeah, I mean, this year was his year to make it happen and it just it, it went the completely opposite way. He came back from an e-surgery last year, so in 2018, the first couple of rounds he was fastest qualifier you know leading races like killing it and he just suffered with some technical issues kind of it seemed every yeah. every race or every time he got out in the track he was the guy until he had an issue or whatever yeah um, and then yeah he tore his ACL and kind of just destroyed his knee pretty early on and that kind of yeah. uh, retired his year and then coming back in the end of like October time I think it was he got the all clear to start training and riding again and I think you spend so much time wanting to ride and wanting to train when you have an injury like that that I think maybe he just overdid it in the um, once he got back to training like yeah. he was calling me he's just leaving from the gym his second time for the day and he just <laughs> wanted to you know put the work the in best. he knew what is he knew what he needed to do in 2019 so he was trying to get prepared as best as possible and just kind of overdid it a little bit there and uh, yeah yeah just kind of drove himself into the ground and then yeah we saw he came out with Epstein Bar and he's been battling that ever since really but the shining light I think was towards the end of the year he got the all clear from the doctor to start training so every race he did this year was literally off the couch no training no road bike and no no fitness at all um, through the year so when he got the all clear he kind of started working a little bit slowly and that's when we saw him you know hull shotting leading leading laps and um, so I think for him that was probably a huge mental boost to, to know that he's got the speed and he's still there so yeah and uh, is there any, any plans on outdoors or anything? Are we just uh, um, looking at kind of uh, supercross at the moment? Yeah, we're just taking it one step at a time. I think our goal ideally is to yeah, do what he needs to do in supercross and land himself on a factory ride for outdoors. Running outdoors as a privateer is quite... Like, the, the bill gets pretty expensive, you know? Like, okay. the... the geographically speaking like America's huge obviously so yep. they drive to all that and they don't make it easy like uh, the schedule's pretty hectic in terms of travel so um, yeah and then just outdoors beats the bikes up and stuff a lot more than Supercross does you can yep. kind of run Supercross on a bit of a tighter uh, budget yeah a bit of a tighter budget so our goal is yeah do what he needs to do there and, and then uh, hopefully land on a good bike for outdoors 
cool. So um, one last question: sort of what what who, what riders um, have you been working with this year, and do you know the riders that are going to be working with next year? Yeah, so we're moving forward with Sin Cirillo as uh, Eli Tomac's teammate. So the 450 team will uh, will be pretty cool. I think AC has been on the bike two weeks, I believe now, and he's extremely comfortable and confident already. So I think Monster Cup could be uh, could Having be interesting. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so that's our carry 450 program. And then we have Barsha and Plessinger on the Yamaha 450 team. So both of those guys, too, I think have a huge amount of potential. And there's been some issues with the, or like the 450 program in the States has been a bit not ideal, but they've taken some huge strides on that this season. And I think uh, coming into Anaheim, we should see some, some real improvement there. Cool. The boys are all working hard. And then, yeah, we have the star program. It's, everyone on that team has been killing it keep an eye out for Ty Masterpool he's going to um, make his Supercross debut this year or in 2020 and he's going to be a, a fantastic rider to watch um, and then yeah Pro Circuit obviously Forkner um, there's a couple new guys going to uh, join those that team this year I don't know if it's public or not at this point don't so, say it yet yeah I won't <laughs> say it I don't, I don't get a slap on the wrist but uh but yeah, I mean, Austin, March Banks, like, yeah, that'll be great. They have a really good amateur kid, Seth Hamaker, coming up, but unfortunately suffered a couple of shoulder injuries, so he's going to sit super cross out and potentially pick it up at Hangtown. Okay. Or um, maybe just the last three, depending on how he goes with his, with his shoulders. But yeah, that's pretty much the... Uh, that's the, the program we're running with. So right the, monst now. the monster talent pool is uh, deep? It's pretty deep, man. I mean, we're... We kind of feel like we've had the pieces in the, you know, we've we've had our gun loaded pretty well going into Supercross last few years and it hasn't gone our way in the 450 class. So I think we're really trying to like iron out those those issues and I think this year should hopefully be the year that we get a 450 championship in Supercross. Cool. Well, good luck for uh, for 2020, and uh, it'd be great to catch up with you um, sometime in the future to find out yeah. how uh, Darian's getting. Yeah, on. hopefully he'll be on the top step. But um, yeah, always a pleasure, and uh, you guys are doing great for the sport. So it's great to see you guys out here and, and doing it. So yeah, we appreciate all the love we can get. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. No worries. The MX Voice Show. This podcast is brought to you by 24MX. Europe's biggest online motocross store. There are hundreds of your favorite brands at discounted prices, so head over to 24mx.com to shop now. BMX Voice Show.